birthday party when I was 12 and I had a bunch of friends over. I just moved in the neighborhood and made friends. Come over to my house overnight over sleepover. And we're kind of, you know, 12 year old boys getting a little, we're laughing, giggling in, in our room, which is Malcolm's room now. My dad gets up from his, their bedroom, was right next door, and came over to like shut us down. And he's got like, you know, a semi in the middle of the night. So he's, like, he's perfectly naked, and that comes in first. Like, and it's like, you can see him coming out of the corner. Yeah, and he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, you need to shut up with that. And it's like, Wah. <laughs> and then he leaves and everybody must stop laughing. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to make all 12-year boys stop laughing. The one friend's like, oh my gosh, he's coming around the corner. Quick, hide everything before he gets your parents. Come sit in your cup here. Don't be too close to the microphone. No, you won't, because you yeah. make the back of it to you. I'm yeah. fine. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be making a pie anyway, so I, I No, it, the pie is secondary. They're here for the podcast. Yes, yeah, I'll be in the podcast. <laughs> this is your movie! Yeah. <laughs> I know. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one last plot holes, a gratuitous boobies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy. Calling about is everything okay with the alien space club and planet 10, or should he just go ahead and destroy Russia? Tell him yes on one and no on two. Which was yes, to destroy Russia or uh, number two? Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. Everything I learned from movies. And tonight. Oh, tonight. Uh, a fantastic movie. That's uh, movie is so good. <laughs> the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Yeah. And we're not alone. No, we are not. We're joined by Ben and Kristen. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Thank you guys for having us. We're recording this from their uh, their secret lair out in El Sobrani. <laughs> <laughs> And if you heard little grumblings, that's little Sophie. She's hanging out, cute little Yorkshire Terrier. There just won't be Castor meowing at us. They'll be set the ground. Ben and Kristen are uh, great friends of ours. Thank you for mm-hmm. hosting us. Um, and also home brewers and brewers, yeah. professional brewers, brewers. Beer JCB people. certified judges and everything. She's a I'm not a, I'm not a uh, BJCP uh, judge. Oh, you went straight to Cicerone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Kristen is a certified Cicerone. The lone Cicerone. Yeah. Excellent. 
And you can find that You know what, though, Steve? It's a little unattended, too, and I'm curated right now, so let's... (laughs) But yes, I I did pass the uh, Cicerone test. I'm just a huge beer geek, and and that's how we met, so... Excellent. Yeah. 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 Ben's also uh, bruised out of... We'll just say a brewery. A brewery. Uh, a brewery. A very good couple and, and, uh, and a brew more. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, you also provided us with fantastic beverages uh, to enjoy. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, Steve, I'm feeling a little parched. What are we drinking tonight? Let's see. It looks like uh, out of, straight out of Oakland, California from Ale Industries, we have Gin and Tonics, a Brut Double IPA. 8% alcohol by volume. That's a double IPA. Uh, yeah, gin and tonic inspired brew to double IPA, brewed with juniper berries, quinchona bark, orange peel, kefir lime leaves, some lemongrass, coriander, and cardamom. <laughs> Bone dry and lightly hot. <laughs> yeah, sorry, so eat coriander. Fucking deal with it. It's a Douglas Adams inspired name from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. Yeah. And why is that? Well, the, the, I think it's in book two. They made the claim that the gin and tonic was a universal uh, drink. Every intelligent civilization had a drink called gin and tonics, or at least was phonetically. Uh, they share the same phonetic name, gin and tonics, but not spelling or content. Like different alien species aren't all going to drink the same thing. Yeah, but they all call it the same thing. They all call it gin and tonics. And this is one of the spellings on this one: J Y N N. A-N-T-O-N-N-Y-X, gin and tonics. Whereas this one's a brewed IPA and another uh, advanced civilization, it may be the blood one's enemies or... (laughs) Something like that, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Exactly. Shall we pop our tops? This is like, I've been waiting for this! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my top! (laughs) Sophie gets some foam. So Ben, what are you drinking? Mm. You have a different. You're one of these things. I have an entire like different beer. This is from uh, Sonoma Springs Brewing Company, Juicy in the Sky uh, Northeast Double IPA. So it's a hazy double IPA uh, with a bunch of mosaic and citra, uh, and a little bit of wheat in there. How's, so it's going to be nice and turbid. How was that treating you tonight? Uh, it's pretty good. It's uh, maybe not the juiciest juicy IPA, but uh, it's just fine. All right. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this gin and tonics is actually really good. It's yeah, isn't it? It's got it tastes like a, a Belgian saison kind of you know wild yeast kind of thing with all the coriander and stuff because of the herbs <laughs> in it. And uh, mm-hmm. but it's still like a clear effervescent brewed IPA. Kristen, what are you getting off this beer? Um, I like the uh, uh, dryness on the malt on it, and it's really pushing the. Um, sort of uh, fruitiness and floralness forward to the front. And we are just drinking it out of a can, so yeah. we can't do a full assessment on You're it. Not but notice, hey, but we're, we're not being fancy here in El Sobrani. This is one of right? Ale Industries' best, I think. This is this is a, a, on point, this, this beer for them. Mm-hmm. It's just what it should be, I think. I, yeah, this is a delightful beer. I love a good brood. I've just discovered brood IPAs this year, yeah. and Ooh. I'm really thing. liking them. Brood's a new thing. I'm I'm really happy because because I'm not a uh, a Simcoe fan. Mm-hmm. I'm loving that the juicy IPAs are in. I'm loving this dry IPAs. I'm, I'm I am personally very happy that not everything has to be super dank. Right. Um, super yeah. crappy. Oh yeah. No, this is delightful. And Able Industries. Yeah, I feel like. They can be really hit or miss. Some of their beers are really, really good, and some of them are really not. I have, we have yeah, both on the podcast. This is one I like. I like this one. Yeah. 
like this beer. Yeah, this is good. When they start kind of like hitting for the fences and going for something a little wild, I find it. Yeah, they do. um, So Buckaroo Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo Banzai is one of my favorite movies from when I was, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old, whatever. It came out in 84, so I would have been, you know, 12 or 13 or something. But I remember seeing it then and just, I was blown away. Blown away. Oh, it's like sci-fi B movie. No, but just the <laughs> coolness of it. It was the coolness of it. It wasn't, you know, the story or the uh, the story or the effects uh, or the movie making really. But it was just the coolness of it. It is a really different movie, and you know what? I even got to say, all the characters in it are very cool. Even the ones that were supposed to be dopey mm-hmm. are kind of cool. <laughs> and strong casting: uh, John Lithgow, Peter uh, Weller, mm-hmm. um, Stephen yeah. Wright, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Um, uh, Doc Brown, who's the actor? Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Christopher yeah. Lloyd. Like, and kind of almost skipped over, but he's so great. And he, you know, Big <laughs> Yeah, well, then when the cast was like rolling through, because I hadn't seen it before, like a couple months ago, when we watched it for the first time. I was like, how have I not seen this? I had all these people yeah. are in this movie. I'm going like, oh, yeah. And yeah. even the supporting actors, like there's a guy from Scarface, mm-hmm. um, oh, Reno, yeah. Nevada was yeah, in Scarface. Yeah, yeah. And um, Ellen Barkin, uh, yeah, Vincent Ellen Barkin, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, many great people in, in the movie. Yeah, yeah, like like every every small part is like somebody nowadays is like, yeah, oh yeah, from that exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody is somebody in this movie. Yeah, the casting director did a great job. This is such yeah. a fun movie. Yeah. I had forgotten about this movie. I had seen it when I was a kid. My dad showed it to me. It was like, oh, you gotta wa- you like weird stuff. You gotta watch this weird yeah. movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so then yeah, Ben, when you brought it up, I was like. Oh, Steve, you have to watch this movie. How did you miss this? Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Director, W.D. Richter. Oh, hey, Steve. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, he directed this, and his only other directing credit is a movie called Late for Dinner in the early 90s that had <laughs> Peter Berg in it. We and need to find Late for Dinner. <laughs> yeah. However, he wrote Invasion of the Body Snatchers, uh, mm. Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Oh, there you go. See, I knew there was a connection okay. between yeah. those two movies. Here we I go. knew there was a connection. They have a similar feel to them. They both have a oh, so cool. You know? And then also, like, Home for the Holidays and Stealth. <laughs> wow. Oh, no, I know that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that movie. Yeah. We did the whole this year podcast, more recent, right? right? That was more recent, though, we, though no, at the Stop Fighter. That was a more recent film, right? Yeah, like 2006 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was the first movie after Jamie Foxx got his Academy Award. That's all. Because uh, <laughs> everybody has to do a terrible movie after they win an Academy Award. Right. <laughs> also, uh, the writer of this movie is Earl Mac Roush. Uh, he basically wrote this, and really the only other thing was a movie called Wired. It was the uh, John Belushi biopic that had Michael Chiklis from like early. 90s. Oh yeah, I oh, watched that. I, I don't know if I remember watched that. that hearing about it, but I don't think. Yeah, I it was based on a book too. It was a best-selling book about him. Didn't mm-hmm. read the book either. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we, we start out with. Um, thankfully, there was a, a little bit of a crawl to get you caught up on the world that they're building. Like the the world-building crawl. <laughs> and Buckaroo Banzai is a. World-class neurosurgeon, martial artist, uh, master of particle physics, musician. He has a jet car, um, and his parents are American and Japanese. That's right. Did he's, I miss anything else? He's your basic rock star superhero scientist. <laughs> oh, and the With humblest. A club. <laughs> With a fan club. Oh, and a comic book. And a comic book, yeah. So, comic book And hero. a tour bus. And, and I don't know if you guys noticed the red Sally Jesse Raphael glasses, but... 
He was oh, yes. rocking those pretty hard, too. Those glasses were pretty spectacular. You know what? All of his outfits in this. Every single one. Yeah. <laughs> Not just his outfits. Can we talk about Jeff Goldblum and the cowboy outfit? I mean, oh, yeah. that was... And he had some, some glasses, like some Buddy Holly sort of oh, yeah. extra glasses. Everybody yeah. had big glasses at some point in this movie. Telling it. Is great. Speaking of, I'm wearing them currently. <laughs> yeah, because they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh man, perfect Tommy's outfits. Oh, he didn't wear so a 80s. shirt in many of the outfits. So <laughs> I was good with that. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Like by the way, wasted multi-zippered white leather jacket. You know, oh, yeah. with like straps everywhere and like oh. And Ellen Beats. Barkin shows up oh, yeah. in like a fringed uh, flapper girl. Yeah. Pink getup. Like. <laughs> Penny pretty. Ooh, and purple so gloves like Miss Piggy. <laughs> She's dressed as Miss Piggy. She was. Penny pretty. <laughs> that. Yeah. Penny that, Piggy is Miss Piggy. Absolutely. <laughs> does that make Bucker Punt's idea of Kermit the Frog then? I think so. Kermit the Frog was not a rock star surgeon. He played a banjo. <laughs> He was kind of a rock star. Yeah. He's, he's more Steve Martin ish with the band, you know, the, the one liners and stuff. And but the Pratt Falls. Neurosurgery is really tough, though, skinny arms. Oh, actually, you might be really good to the skinny arms. There you go. Get in there. Puppets go to surgery. <laughs> so, one of my favorite parts of the movie is right off the beginning, uh, we have people preparing for a jet car test. Yeah. Uh, right. And it's like, where's Buckaroo Banzai? He's got to drive this thing. Oh, he's in uh, neurosurgery with Jeff Goldblum right now. It's right. been like five minutes. Yeah, to complete his neurosurgery and get to get over That's to right. the Salt Flats. Right. Don't <laughs> worry, he'll be here. Again? Must have been in Salt Lake City, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's they were definitely hospital. on the Salt Flats yeah, when they did that. Somewhere in the Nevada desert? Or... <laughs> and you know, I'll just point out, I'm a medical, I'm in the medical profession, aside from being, you know, an aspiring professional beer drinker. And um, they call for an instrument and they don't have it. So it's like, okay, just give me the other thing that's, you know, <laughs> that's, specific to brain surgery that you don't have. Like, that's part of all, the course, wow, right? That was a bold move, yeah. Scalpel? <laughs> we don't have a scalpel. All right, fine, give me the, the melon ball. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just something to cut with. He is so resourceful. Yeah, well, because I think that's part of his genius, mm-hmm. is that, like, even without the proper tools, he makes this work. That's right. Yeah. By the way, the uh, this whole rocket car scene reminded me so much of a uh, Time Rider. Oh yes, yeah, it's very much Time Rider. Have you guys seen Time Rider: The Adventures of Lyle Swan? Lyle? Regret, Lyle. I have not. Is that the one with Mick Jagger? No, that's Free Jack. <laughs> that's, that's Free Jack. Also that's another time time travel type of movie. Well, this one's a Fred Ward. He he rides. I don't believe I've seen it, but he rides a motorcycle into the past. Uh, and he changes the course of history. <laughs> of course he does. I, I have a book that right now I'm supposed to read that's just like that. I have a feeling it doesn't end work. the same way this one does. <laughs> no, that's all I have to tell you. Well, this jet car test uh, ends mm-hmm. a little differently as well. Instead of just going in a straight line and breaking the sound barrier. Oh, he broke the sound barrier. Oh, yeah, then yeah. he has to go faster. Then he has to go faster. And he does a quick veer to the left, mm-hmm. um, which, if you're in a rocket car, isn't the last thing to I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Also, it's more a rocket van, like chopped van, yeah, yeah, yeah. rocket it truck. Like it was like, yeah, it was like Dodge Ram, like, a, like an '80s Dodge truck. It didn't look that sturdy. <laughs> he broke the sound barrier in a flatbed. <laughs> it, it literally, like, yeah, I would say that's true. <laughs> 
do you do it with two couches in the back? But it wasn't the sound barrier that was the most impressive part of his run. It was, uh, oh, yes. they veer towards the uh, solid rock mountain and they get their oscillation overthruster. Yeah. The overthruster. And they get the three beams to go together and they yeah. manage to penetrate solid matter. Yeah. To enter the eighth dimension. Eighth dimension. We skipped a few dimensions, I feel right. like. Yeah, I mean, it's a lucky number, you guys. And they're in the eighth dimension, so he goes, uh, bam, right into the eighth dimension. First first scene of the movie. Yeah. And the, the name of the movie is Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. So you had to break that eighth dimension immediately. Yeah. The, like, let's the, just get that out of the way. <laughs> make it happen. By the way, the guy playing Buckaroo Banzai, he does a great job at looking like hot, like physically very warm. Sweaty. He is yeah, sweaty yeah, in a lot of these scenes, and I believe that he is very warm. I don't think his hair ever dried out. No, <laughs> no, his there hair any never dried. There are there are some scenes later in the movie where they're in a very dank and, and wet environment, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, he's just kind of sweaty the whole movie. He's a little bit sweaty, Peter Weller. <laughs> But as they're going across the eighth dimension, there's those eh, kind of like monster ghost things that he runs into. There's, there's what he describes it as a, as a as a volcanic landscape with uh, no, the geysers and like you know and like bubbling rock, and, and then they see sees figures, weird human. They were figures. gray aliens, okay. Like they gray aliens. Figures yeah. look, Which look are remarkably from the fourth like dimension, clearly. Yeah, yeah, clearly. But these were not grays; they were black leptoids uh, from uh, who were trapped in the eighth dimension. So they were actually not fourth dimensional critters; they were eighth dimensional. Critters. No, no, these were the red leptoids. Right? These were the, yeah, the red ones. These are the, the reds. Red ones. The blacks are the, the red good ones. ones. Yes. Okay. Oh, yep. right. So he runs into critters, critters, critters. Bam! Out the other side, and there's some little squelchy thing underneath with the truck. He finds oh, like yeah. a little like anemone or something oh. like, underneath his truck. And we all forgot to mention his truck is on fire this whole time. His truck is yeah. on fire. His truck is on fire, and he refuses to end the run early because yes. fire can't stop a neurosurgeon. No, a neurosurgeon, rock star, uh, superhero. Nice. So he pulls out of the mountain. Uh, through basically comes out the other side of the mountain. Yeah. And like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Yeah. That space and time. He's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. I think it was a su- successful test. Uh, you know, if you excuse me, I got a concert to get to. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is he rushing? Yeah, that's right. He's rushing to get to his concert because he goes to his uh, his medical talk later. Ben's or, making or pizza. I'm trying to get Ben to shut up, but okay. That's all right. Let's call it out. Ben's making a frozen pizza. The the listeners of our podcast are used to us breaking the fourth dimension, so... (laughs) It's like they're right here in in your living room with us. I was also around the time we were uh, introduced to uh, John Lithgow as Dr. Lizardo. Oh, he has two parts in this uh, movie, does he not? It's no, Dr. No. Lizardo, Lord Professor Whitman. Well, yes. Dr. Lizardo, Emilio Lizardo, is the original sort of inventor of this dimensional travel theory, along with okay. Buckaroo's father. But he's possessed by the uh, red lactoid, like, dictatorial yes. bad guy, Lord John Warfiend. Okay. Is that how come he never wears the rubber suit? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, he never, he becomes... never... Because he's actually human. Okay, he's human, but he's only he's possessed, possessed by the soul. Because in okay. that initial okay. experiment, they show the initial experiment in a flashback scene, yeah, where he punches through a wall, but he can't quite get his beams together, so he doesn't go all the way through. But his head sticks through enough, and they come in, they mess with him, and uh, he gets somehow possessed by the spirit of 
this um, evil leader from uh, uh, the, the, the red lectoid evil leader who's yeah, yeah, yeah. worse than Hitler they, they, they reveal later on yes yeah, ten so times worse than Hitler it, okay because yeah he was he, when we first see him he's in the psych ward basically yeah. Yeah. and then he does that uh, basically I've written down as the uh, heroin shock therapy flashback yes that's his flashback <laughs> he puts the little battery thing on his tongue and he yeah. zaps himself and he remembers uh being uh, Emilio Lazardo and, and becoming possessed by okay, yeah, the yeah. evil John Warfield. Yeah, because I guess what happened is like in the flashback when he was halfway through, but but it didn't seem like it was going on before he did the the flashback, and then I was like, yes, that's right, I'm this super evil guy, and then he goes full Nick Cage, basically. <laughs> full <laughs> Nick Cage, yeah, he's just a, it's like yeah. a troll. Like, by the way, if we rebooted this movie, they've tried to make John Lithgow up to like look older. He doesn't have to wear makeup now. He can just be himself. <laughs> he can be this professor, but he can still play the part. Right. That's right. I was Perfect. thinking most of the actors could just recap their roles, and this movie doesn't change all that much. Sure I think that right. we could pull them all together. Yeah. Well, so. the, the, I've always, I've always just pined for that, uh, that, uh, that sequel that they teased. Yeah. Well, they come on, spoiler know. alert. <laughs> Let's the... hold off on talking about the sequel that they already advertised at the end of this movie. We'll get back to the sequel. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Oh, we will get I think there. we should go on I about think John Peter Weller should get there too. I just, you know, sometimes, sometimes people don't realize their most brilliant works. Right? Like you know. Tim Curry shunning, uh, you know, right, Dr. Like, Frankenfurt. Like, uh, like recently deceased uh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Who hated the movie Boogie Nights. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He, 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 he turned down the role seven times and then he fired his agent after he made the movie. Yeah. That's a shame. But what I was going to mention, before we get off the subject of John Lithgow, I really loved his overacting and, you know, his facial expressions and all that stuff, sort of playing the Mussolini He does the speech, yeah, he does the speech later in the movie. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No. He goes so good. He he goes. He pulls so it strong. all the way to eleven, and it's perfect for this character. Yeah. Yes. You believe he's his not Italian accent over, and, you know. Yeah. His Italian accent is brilliant. He's like, oh, the Italian he's accent. Combination. He's combination mad scientist and like you know possessed you know madman. Possessed by like, an alien. You know, exactly. It's mad alien spirits. Possessed by alien spirits. Like you from know, the eighth from, dimension. From the eighth dimension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Unfortunately, we'll have to leave John Lithgow for about 45 minutes of movie after the scene. Because now okay. we have a concert to go to. <laughs> yes! So I just want to say, I'm a big like brass fan, you know, New Orleans fan. You guys know this. Yeah. They had, I think, no less than four horns in that um, rock concert scene. So right? we start off with like one guy playing two saxophones, and then there's another horn going on. And then our hero, Buckard Bonsai. What is that little pocket trumpet? A pocket trumpet. Yeah. So I was like thoroughly impressed by the horn section alone. Oh yeah, it was very. You know what? Eighties had a lot of a uh, lot of horns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, mid concert. Uh, <laughs> mid concert. Is Somebody. He knows. Is unhappy at my concert, and Somebody's we just can't not have it. Having a good time, you young lady. What, what, are you okay? What's going on? No, I'm not Thanks okay. Just, my boyfriend broke up with me, and I lost my job, and I lost my house, and I don't have any money, and I can't pay for this drink I'm drinking. I'm wearing purple gloves. <laughs> Shit's not going well. Let's <laughs> not forget the flapper dress. Come on. <laughs> Well, no, that was the one thing she did have going for her. Oh, right? yeah, no, that's right. Like, I, 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 fabulous, but it's 
gotta hand it to, to Ellen Barkin. She looks fabulous in everything I've ever seen her in. Yeah, she's she the never one who doesn't, doesn't age. Yeah. Let's pull her right back in for the... No, in Ocean's 13, she's like she's got the exact same body she has in this movie. I think she even has the same outfit without gloves. Right? <laughs> At some point, yeah. She dropped the purple gloves. She, she makes it <laughs> ben, ben just did a shimmy okay, well, um, that outfit, for all of you listening at home, and it was delightful. Like, flapper, uh, yeah. uh, thing. So Penny Pretty is sad. She is. Mm-hmm. He wants to play a little song for her on the yeah. piano because yeah. he also plays the piano. And, and the, oh. well, the best part about the scene is Peter Weller sings the song. They don't have somebody come along yeah. and lip sync yeah. anything. Peter's like, no, I'm just going to sing it. Doesn't matter that he can't sing. I'm just going to sing the <laughs> no, song. Because he's like, the rules to stand by. You don't, so he it sings it in just a ridiculous key, like so low. Yeah. I don't have thoughts and dreams. <laughs> He's the greatest rock star who ever lived. This is the greatest yeah, rock star who ever lived. He sings this song in the most ridiculous key because he's just low voice. Steve, does. does this count as your thing oh, that you don't God. get in movies where like somebody plays the most attractive person in the <laughs> yeah. whole world and you just you know, like in movies there's that trope where it's like oh nobody can resist her feminine wiles and it's like I'm just not that into that actress though. <laughs> so why is everybody else in, like I can't I'm. You know, and they have that look with guys in that. Apparently, that's uh, that's Buckaroo here. He's so charismatic that apparently he sells millions of CDs with that voice. That voice. <laughs> See, you've been doing music all wrong, Ben. <laughs> Penny is so impressed that she immediately pulls a gun out of her purse. Right. Still with the brush tag. Price tags on. And tries to, tries to kill herself. Successfully tries to blow her brains out. <laughs> a waiter bumps her or something and so she misses and it's construed as an assassination yeah. attack. Right, all of a sudden the drama is And everybody pulls their gun out. Everybody's got a gun. Everybody's got a gun. Everybody. Everybody carrying a gun. Right, the bass player's got a gun. And the keyboard player pulls a shotgun out from underneath. And, you know, what's going on here? By the way, Bucker is supposed to be, like, the greatest, like, legend that's ever lived. He doesn't have a security team? Well, that's his whole security team. They're his band. <laughs> and what's team. their name? The, the Hong Kong Cavaliers. Yeah, I did my homework. Yeah, and he wasn't concerned at all. He knew exactly what was going on. Like, yeah, he. This yeah, is he, not an assassination attempt. It's a suicide attempt. Everybody, calm down. However, She's just sad. <laughs> I know. He knew already. He's just that kind of guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's like apparently just the greatest guy who ever lived. <laughs> Uh, he's even got a video game. So, so yeah, okay, so the next scene, uh, Dr. Lazardo calls John Big Booty. Big Booty, he calls him. He likes to call him Big, big Booty. And, uh, it's Big Booty. Uh, yeah, uh, he does not like Big Booty. Big Booty is the name first. It's a French name. But all the, all the, all the electrodes, black and red, all the electrodes, first name is John. Yeah. And the last the name is often something that doesn't seem to make sense. Sometimes <laughs> it's a normal last name, but sometimes... It's something like Big Boutet or Smallberries or Small Yaya yeah. or... I, you know what? I'm not going to lie. That was just like one of the greatest <laughs> gags of this whole movie. Just yeah. that they're all John. The joke means they're all John. It's so and good. And the girl's name's John. And some of them are, yeah, the girl's name's John. John, the, the John <laughs> yeah, Endall, yeah, like, yeah. But the last name's like John Endall. Like, okay, the last name sounds like Endall. Okay, that sounds normal. But then the next yeah. one is like, yeah, John Yaya. Like, and then John Connors. John Connors. <laughs> John Smallberries. John Smallberries. <laughs> John Big Boutet. Well, speaking of Johns, uh, unfortunately, Dr. Lazardo's leaving the psych ward 
after calling John Leeboo Diggy, he snaps the neck of Jonathan Banks. Jonathan no! <laughs> Again, Jonathan Banks, like, he's bit part, bit part, but like big actor. Like, yeah, you totally right. He has three or four lines, but it's somebody that like you know you've seen in lots of stuff. Yeah, Art director and everything. Like one of those 80s, one of those people who came out of the 80s who like you would recognize him if you didn't know his name. Oh yeah, you go. Oh, I've seen that guy. It's a guy from that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Beverly Hills Cop, or uh, uh, dozens Breaking of things. Bad, dozens yeah. of things, like, you know. And and on the way out, I I couldn't quite tell. Was it a Buckaroo Banzai video game that? Uh, was it a? It was some kind of some kind of video game he shorted out. Yeah. The, the, the other other inmates in the uh, in the the the, the, the madhouse are playing some game, and he out of spite puts his finger on it and transfers a charge and explodes the machine and he walks out singing I do think it was a buckaroo bonsai one I... singing and from there we, we cut to the tour bus um, yeah. on the way to the next stop. the tour bus was hot it had like um, it, it had it like some little one. designs on it was it like, like a bucking and it looked like it had or... like a second level like there was a lot going mm-hmm. on in that, in that oh yeah well cause bus. yeah that one yeah. well cause it had like the lab on one floor and mm-hmm. then his like uh, bamboo Meditation floor area. And like an upstairs like where Japanese could, like, be a, a, yeah. a samurai or something his Ryukon room yeah. right up in there exactly. <laughs> uh, but they stop the bus and meet up with uh, Jeff Goldblum again who's uh in that wonderful yeah, yeah we my favorite <laughs> most unfortunate red uh, most unfortunate that was great cowboy outfit the 10 gallon hat oh it's it's the Chaps. most it's a Halloween cast costume yeah. of cowboy it's black great. and white uh, having been recruited and he's to from the New group. Jersey obviously uh, yeah, because so, he's so, a cowboy so in the, the earlier uh, neuro, neurosurgery scene Buckaroo recruited him to his group he said you know would you consider joining my group and are you joining my, my team or I think or something like the that? The Hong Kong Cavaliers. Yeah, Jeff was like, wow, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm flattered. He said, you know, do you see? Because <laughs> he's got to be in the band too. <laughs> Can you play, play the tambourine? He did play piano in a later scene, so he had some kind of musical. Well, he's a brilliant neurosurgeon, but he can't carry a tune, so he's out of the crowd. Yeah, that's a cowboy instrument, <laughs> right? A triangle? triangle? Yeah, triangle. Yeah, that's like, kind of get it, you know? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. The oh, the mash harp. Yeah, the yeah. Board, yeah. Those are all. Play the spoons. There you go. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, their stop is to uh, visit Penny Pretty, who's in jail uh. for mm-hmm. the assassination attempt of Buckaroo Banzai, allegedly. Oh my uh, God! Not Buckaroo. Our entire economy is based on him. And our healthcare system. <laughs> our healthcare system is also based <laughs> on our national security. <laughs> But uh, Penny's in the jail cell, and she's just being so sad and angry and just right. kind of confrontational about everything. Like, why, why are you even dealing with me? Like, because you remind me of someone that I once knew. That's where we're going to go to the Usher song. But, <laughs> it gets deeper, doesn't it? And then she says, I'm adopted. He's like, of course. And like, of course, of course. So it turns out that Penny Pretty is the identical twin of apparently Buckaroo's ex-wife. Yeah. Who somehow Which, mysteriously died. D- is she dead or did tragically she just leave? Dead. No, tragically dead. Okay, I missed Tragically that part. dead somehow. We don't know how tragically, but tragically. It's tragic. I thought it would have been... Because he's so sad about it. But see, they keep saying ex-wife, so that makes me think she left him. I got the. I always got the impression that she was dead. She had passed somehow in some story. We, we didn't get the the, the, the you know. See, they it's were pretty good. at another time. And they never. It'd be really it. funny if she just like moved to Tokyo and was like, "Screw you, Bucker." Yeah, <laughs> right. well, like, I'm setting up a new life for myself. <laughs> right. right. so they got into some argument. Twin. 
But so my big question is, and this is coming from a point of reference of my mother was a twin and was adopted and they adopted them together. So, you know, why was Penny Pretty separated from her twin? Well, it wasn't that uncommon, though. And he doesn't have twins. the answer. Steve doesn't yeah. have the it's answer. Easier ben to, doesn't it's have easier. The no, I do have the answer. It's easier to adopt out uh, a, an individual than it is a pair. Also, who says so they that? Would split okay. them up. And who who says that the that. that Buckaroo's first wife was also adopted? Maybe mom could only keep one. Also, who wants two girls? That's I mean, even sadder. Oh, maybe Penny was like stolen from the hospital by like you know you uh, black electrons from the eighth dimension. Yeah. Oh my god, it all comes together. It comes full circle. Okay. Find out the upcoming sequel. What happened? Uh, Big Boutet raised on, him on the, her as his own. ex-wife thing, I can tell you for a fact, I don't know, back in the 80s, an ex-wife technically counted for a wife with exes in their eyes. Because, <laughs> I, think, I think that's where it came from, right? Yeah. <laughs> Stark Stacey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was to take everywhere. Almost had beer coming up my nose there. So, so we, but we, we genuinely don't know if they're just separated and she doesn't speak to him anymore, or if he's a widow, widower. Yeah, yeah, it's ambiguous. Either way, there's I mean, many questions surrounding Buckaroo Bonsai, yeah. his wife, Penny. We're going to assume it wasn't sister. his choice that his wife is not with him. And his wife was named Peggy. Peggy and Penny. Peggy and Penny. Mm. He kept mistaking her in the okay. concert scene for Peggy. Yeah, that's what you name twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to name them right name things. Alliteration. Yeah, they have to sound like the same thing. But as for Penny, uh, basically Buckaroo Bonsai is like, okay, let her out. I'll be responsible for her. It's okay. She uh, She's good. Oh, well, you're Buckaroo Bonsai. Like, we trust your responsibility. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so then we go to uh, the press conference. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And why is she why there? Is she I have no idea. Because she came like, with them. They were like, you're coming yeah. with us. But she doesn't need to be on the panel. She, she actually like, has a very meaningful interaction and, and addition to the whole discussion. Like, she gets it. She gets it. She puts it in layman's terms when they start discussing. She's the every uh, man. The, uh, the, uh, the, the situation. Yeah, with his overthruster. Can't forget yes. about his overthruster. Overthruster becomes very important. Yes. Dr. Emilio or John Warfield is having trouble making his own overthruster, so Buckaroo's overthruster becomes an object of desire. Steve, you took engineering. What's an overthruster? <laughs> it's okay, there's thrust and there's overthrusting. <laughs> We're thrusting through something. It's complicated. <laughs> oh, that's what Superman right. does, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. He, uh, he thrusts through those things. <laughs> All the way through. So Buckaroo Bonsai just harnessed the power of Superman <laughs> and made it into a car park? It's actually very similar to uh, Flux Capacitor. Flux there, capacitor. Thank it's you. the yes, same thank you. kind of deal. The Flux Capacitor and the Overthruster. It's the yeah, same yeah, kind of deal. Yeah. This is like all the stuff there's, we're learning from movies, there's, right? There's a lot of similarities oh between, like, like when it came back through the mountain and stuff and the car was smoking, it was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that's the exact opposite of Back to the Future where it's all it's covered all ice, in ice. Right? No, it, it left fire on the way in and then ice the way out. Christopher Lloyd's in both movies. Right? There you go. together. So, but um, came like first. But there are other, uh, but there are other connections too. If you looked at the casting, I bet there's some other crossover. There. Yeah. Sorry, what was your? So I'm going to call out that um, Stephen and Izzy brought over. First of all, you guys aren't wearing pants. No, we oh, never wear pants. pants. You know, which is like totally cool. Um, You're not then, technically wearing pants either. It's podcasting 101. Ben explained that you know 
he grew up in this house, and his dad would often walk around without pants, so, yes, you know, as is tradition. Um, however, you guys brought a very special drink from Oregon. Right. We and did. I could we use a drink, drink right now. Well, so. while we're, since we're, we're about halfway through the movie, might as well Are we going to do a commercial break and a um, yeah. and totally sample can. Can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, this is Johnny K. McGinley, and you're listening to Everything I Learned from Movies. All the best. Have you ever watched an absolutely terrible movie and thought to yourself, what were they thinking? Because we sure have. So much so that we named our podcast after it. What were they thinking? Starring me, Nathan. And Brendan. Every other week, we take a bad to questionable movie and unpack it. So you don't have to. And then every other other week, we ate your cues with our mailbag. Or, you know, talk about whatever. No big whoop. No, no big whoop at all. So that's what were they thinking? You can catch us on Podbean, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Uh, also, a ton of platforms that Brendan made up. Alright, so take us back, fearless leader. Oh, Are we in the 8th dimension yet, or what? Uh, no. We should discuss the 8th dimension and the whole, um, the whole significance <laughs> of the 8th dimension. Let's do it. Um, yeah. The 8th right. dimension. Ben. So the movie is called... Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension, and um, their whole problems, all their problems stem from his his uh, intrusion into the eighth dimension in that opening rocket car scene, mm. uh, because they become exposed to uh, the uh, red lectoids who are actually imprisoned there. They're banished from their own home planet, Planet Ten, okay. which is actually in our dimension, in our universe. Uh, but so because like of a prison colony in Australia, exactly because of John Warfin's crimes, as you know, ten times worse than Hitler, they call him. Uh, right. He and his followers, several hundred of them, are banished to the eighth dimension by the um, Black Lactroids, who apparently overthrew him after he took control of Planet Ten. And they're not saying that all red lectoids are bad. They're just saying they don't want them in our dimension. They're just saying, you know, <laughs> Nazi red lectoids Build are not that dimensional wall. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so they, they make the black lectoids pay for it. Exactly. Is that what we're doing? So uh, the, the oh boy. black lectoids aren't natives of the eighth dimension. They aren't from the eighth dimension. They are put there to keep them away from their home planet, Planet Ten. Uh, which is apparently now ruled by the red lector or the black lectoids who are the good guys. And they, they look all like uh, Caribbean reggae uh, Rastafari. Yeah. 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 Oh, we have to talk about what's his name's outfit? John, John Parker? No, is it John Parker? John Parker. The, the silver, John Parker. Oh, okay, yes. yes. And the leggings, leggings and a silver so they, giant blazer. One of um, Buckaroo Bonsai's homeboys, I believe, calls him out specifically about like Hey, nice jacket. Nice jacket. <laughs> you know? And oh, those like, guys should been talking. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no I don't think it was meant like, hey, guy, nice jacket. It was meant like, literally, nice jacket, because nice it was. And then he had like some leggings on with like some um, gladiator yeah, yeah, knee leggings boots. and like, like, like knee pads. And yes. It was like knee pads, not, not knee high boots. Yeah, okay. knee pads and then like running shoes on or something. Yeah. But, but wait, that's an outfit, Steve. Do you need a Halloween costume? I got leggings. Dreadlock wig. You need a dreadlock wig to pull that off. Mm, John oh, yeah, that's a little warm. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but, okay, so here's my question to you, Steve. Okay. 
who was the costume designer on this movie? Oh, I don't know. Okay, so uh, when you when you find when you finalize <laughs> the podcast, please I'll let everybody know. Right now. Oh, here we go. Is he Scott Google? So, uh, mid-press conference. Mid-press uh, conference. Booker Banzai just oh. unveiled his little shrimp guy uh, for the world to see. Basically, like, oh, this came across the 8th dimension with me. Yes, the little space amoeba from the 8th dimension. Immediately called by the president. Space yeah. amoeba. The president is calling on a payphone, right? Yeah. He's a payphone. Call the school with a payphone. So he goes to the phone booth, because those exist now. Because there's a phone booth inside the convention center. If only Trump had access to a payphone only, we would all be a lot better. <laughs> Uh, but like, like after the phone, was like, "Hello, hello, is this a prank call? Hello, is this the president? Hello," and they get zapped. Yeah, apparently it was not the president. It was it was a bad electroids yeah. orbiting the planet in their big organic-looking weirdo spaceship. Yeah, like a it looks like a it looks like a giant shell crustacean or something. Yeah, form. like an octopus, but yes. yeah, it has an exoskeleton. Yeah, kind of thing. it looks like an exoskeleton thing with weird spines. All right. Bits. So you guys want to know who the costume designer was on this movie. Her name, she's a gal named Aggie Gerard Rogers, or it might be Gerard Rogers. Okay. Uh, you may also know her costumes from Return of the Jedi. Oh! Rent. Mm-hmm. The Color Purple. Wow. Yes. Willow. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Phoenix Forgotten. Don't know that. Youth. <laughs> Pushing Dead. All right, we're missing this. Right, still, but regardless, she knows. Her these are just her like top known. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Return of the Jedi, Rent, Color Purple, Willow, sold. Yeah, yeah sold. She knows what she's doing. Definitely. Wow. Uh, but after he's uh, zapped, then he, the best part. He's he zapped with knowledge. He's zapped with some kind of knowledge oh, and ability. They give yeah they 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 give they, him a they inject him with a computer code that allows him to see. The red and black lectoids for what they are, not yeah. their human. And races. also the knowledge of the chemical composition to make uh, some kind of catalyst to, to allow people to see these lectoids for what they are, because otherwise yes. they just appear to you as a regular human. But once you've got uh, either the zap that Buckaroo gets or the gas that he, uh, the chemical yeah. that he uh, receives, the the, uh, the, the equation for us, then you can see these things. He also writes the equation on his hand and then later, like, yeah. licks it and slaps it, it on uh, his, his professor. Head. Is it his father? I think that's his father, isn't it? See, I, th- I was, no, his parents are dead. It's a doctor. It's, a, because... it's the old professor who worked with Lazardo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because Buckaroo's parents died. It's an old Japanese died. professor, yeah, his parents died. So it's an old Japanese professor. Professorino. So basically, he can, it's they live, basically. He yes. can see. Yeah. 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 He put on the glasses. And he's all out of bubblegum. But <laughs> uh, so it's at this time that uh, basically Doc Brown kidnaps the Japanese scientist. Uh, yeah, it's true. Professor Ido. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not Doc Brown. Christopher Lloyd. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's John he, Big Boutte. He's John Big Boutte, but I don't think you know that's Big Boutte. You know what? Yeah. I'm okay with just calling him Big Boutte for now. Big Booty. It's not Big Booty, guys. Big Boutte. It's Big Boutte. Right. It's right. We need to be culturally sensitive to him. To this red lectoid. And then, so yeah, kid, kid has the Japanese scientist, hops in a van, drives mm-hmm. off, and then probably the slowest pursuit on a Harley I've ever seen. <laughs> like are you are you saying that perhaps Buckaroo may not be the best motorcyclist? Well, hey, there's even the scene where he like he's about to go down the road, and he does like a full loop around, and then goes down the road at like 20 miles an hour, and I'm like, 
is he like sniffing the air to find out which direction they went <laughs> or something? I, I, uh, and how did he thing. get the uh, motorcycle? There was a motorcycle convention going on. Uh, they were loading them, and he just takes it. Coincidentally, there happened to be a motorcycle convention <laughs> happening at the same <laughs> convention hall they were doing their press yeah, conference that's at. That's right. It's, it's a lot like in the 1966 Batman when, thank God, there was a foam rubber convention when they were crashing into a helicopter. They needed that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> fortuitous and happy accidents. Whatever. If only he hadn't happy run out of shark repellent spray. That's just good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have the shark repellent armored vest. Uh, as also right out of that time, uh, there's a couple of duck hunters. Yeah, they yeah. Ships. They shoot down a crazy looking organic weird ship they see in the air. What is that? Some sort of vulture? <laughs> and, sort of you know, vulture. being us that we're in Elsa Branny tonight, yes. they would fit right in here. Absolutely. You know? It's uh, Tucker and Dale versus the Eighth Dimension. <laughs> That'd be a good time. But the, the, <laughs> the ship they shoot down is the Black Lectoids coming to check up on, but who have come because they're concerned over John Warfin's escape and potential. Um, Freeing of his uh, his compadres from the eighth dimension, and, and Buckaroo's intrusion into that eighth dimension is what mm-hmm. brought them to the planet. And they come. You got the blood all riled. They come concerned, yeah. and they come threatening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. We find out in a little bit here. They're uh, they'd rather uh, incinerate the earth than let uh, let John those morphine get escape. morphine escape. Yes. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Obliterating mankind is preferable he to needs more sake. Uh, dealing with this with their, their own spirit. particular okay. despot. Uh, and yeah, so so the ship crashes and the duck hunters go to check it out. Um, and then out comes Bob Marley out the top. Of the, <laughs> right. Well, the first, <laughs> the first a one, really nice job. The first, the first uh, black lectoid to emerge stumbles on the the hatch, yeah. falls, and hits his head on a rock and dies. Yeah, wait, so how, like immediately. Oh, how wait, what? Falls yes. off oh, yeah, of the top of his nice. ship, I slams that. his he head directly into a rock, and is dead. Like, yeah. boom. Yeah. John, John. Yeah. And then John Parker's the second guy that comes out right. of the top. So what's yeah. the significance of the guy? He distracts them. He, while, while they're ah. looking at the dead guy on the ground, John Parker emerges from the top with what appears to be a pink pastry box wrapped in white string. Oh, and, yes. And uh, he escapes. He, he jumps off the top and he runs away while the other black electroid fell on his face and died. And the, the dumb uh, redneck hunters are uh, completely distracted with this dead, uh, you know, apparent Jamaican. That's emerged from this weird uh, alien ship they shot down. Pink pastry box. Pink pastry box wrapped we in We need to string. know... What is in the pink pastry What's box? In the box? We're gonna find out in a little bit. What's in the box? Are we getting ahead of ourselves, here? No. We're gonna get there. We're going along. Okay. Uh, so, around this time, uh, the van shows up from Yo-Yo Dine. Yo-Yo Dine van. Yo-Yo Dine yes. propulsion systems. And uh, basically, they're like, "Oh yeah, it's one of ours. Nothing to see." Yep. Yeah, and uh, John Lithgow, or not John Lithgow, but uh, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher, Christopher Lloyd, Lloyd and uh, Stephen Wright. And who's the third one? Not Stephen uh, Wright. It wasn't Stephen Wright. It's That's, the guy uh, from... Vin- Vincent Chevelli. Yes, Chevelli. exactly. Like from uh, Fast Times at Rich From Fast Times, exactly. Yes. He looks like Stephen Wright. He does look like Stephen he Wright. He does. They both have, like, sort of a black fro. <laughs> we should put them in, like, <laughs> like celebrity page match together. Yeah, I think, gosh. Black, or the red lectoids from Yo-Yo 9 Propulsion Systems show up. At this point... Um, Buckaroo Banzai has been zapped. He's the only one who can see the creatures. He's chasing his buddy, the professor, who's been crammed inside a cooler Box. in the back of a in the back of a van. Yes. The red lectoids go to collect the black lectoid ship, 
Uh, the local sheriff is like, nobody touch anything. Christopher Lloyd's like, no, we're going to touch everything. Everything <laughs> with us. You can't do anything to stop us. Like, that's cute, guy from Beverly Hills Cop. We got this. <laughs> yes. Buckaroo sneaks into the van, licks his Free. hand, and slaps the equation yeah. on the professor's forehead. Says the it. professor, puts the professor on the motorcycle, and the professor is actually a better. Oh, he's a much better Oh, we also have to point out there was also a call put out to all the junior blue blazers in the area to help all yeah. blue blazer. Oh, yeah, because Buckaroo called home and said, "Like, oh man, I've crashed my bike. Y'all need to come get me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at this. It wasn't even his bike. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, that means he puts. He put an elderly professor on a stolen bike and sent him on his way. <laughs> okay, so I know he's a neurosurgeon, rock star, physics scientist, you know. Comic book hero. And time traveler or dimension traveler. But, you know, should we really trust his judgment? He's, he showed some Not sort of off, ju- off judgment here. <laughs> you know, I mean... Is he's willing to give him the benefit of the doubt? I'm just saying, Kristen, in, in in your profession, you work in the medical field, how trustworthy are doctors? Six out of ten. <laughs> ben, you've worked... 100% sober all the time, right? Ben, you've worked with, uh, with musicians. <laughs> yeah. How trustworthy are musicians? musicians? <laughs> If we combine the reliability of a musician with the trustability of a physician, we have Buckaroo Bonsai. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I had just broken the eighth dimension. Right, you just explained the whole plot of the movie. (laughs) This is why he makes the mistakes he does. Now this all makes sense. (laughs) This is why we need to break this down. Oh yeah, yeah, this is why we have These are the things we're learning from movies. <laughs> uh, but uh, so yeah, so Buckaroo Banzai, he's found out by the the red. What are they red lectoids. Lectoids. Le- lectoids. Lectoids. Okay, got it. He's discovered by the red lectoids, um, but luckily he has the ultimate weapon at his disposal: a swift kick to the dick. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I learned from movies? Yes. Wait, we'll get there. Right? Yeah, nothing better than the old dick up. kick. You know, that'll get you out of trouble every time. Go for the berries every time. Even if it's an alien Small species, berries. John, small berries. Eh? Kick him in the eyes, you know? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. Whatever's oh between gosh. the legs is going to hurt. I was actually just thinking if every John and the last name was like something kind of sexy. <laughs> yeah, big booty, small berries. Yeah, yeah. Parker. I mean, that's the future again. Wait, you don't think I've ever parked a car before? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's for another discussion. Uh, so, so the ship is uh, set to detonate. Yes, uh, by the one, the one, the uh, one remaining black lectoid still inside. Yeah, he's ordered to yes. commit suicide and just blow the ship up. Rather than let the red lectoids get a hold of their ship and their technology, which and is more the, advanced the, the, since the, the fella in there as well. Yeah, he, you know. exactly. Like, don't fall into enemy hands. You know, bite so down on your black pill and blow up your ship. Just as Buckaroo Bonsai is discovered, and they all go off chasing him, so yeah. none of them are killed by the blown up ship, but they don't get the ship or technology but, there. But or, what happened to the duck hunters and the sheriff? Well, they were like punched out by Christopher Lloyd right yeah. next so to the right ship, there. so you would assume that they didn't make it. They've all been wiped out. We never yeah. see them again. No, it's gone. They wake up next to the corpse of a dead Rastafari. Or they don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
they are the corpse. Yeah, at least one of them had their neck snapped. And there was a neck snapping. There was there was a pretty severe punching, and then the ship blew up next to them. So, so the, de- oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the deputy shows up and goes, "We got three dead white guys and a de- and two dead black guys. What's going on here?" <laughs> and what looks like a pterodactyl that exploded everywhere. Uh, is being chased by uh, John Big Booty. He's somehow no. He's somehow gotten some kind of eighteen wheeler. Like the van isn't even. He's he's in like a garbage truck or something. Like yeah. just shows up. Buck Rubanzai tries to flag down the next oncoming car, and it's an eighteen wheeler with big booty behind the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> so he does the, the the logical thing when faced with an eighteen wheeler bearing down on you on a street with with fences yeah. on either side. He starts to run down the street. Yeah. Very slowly. But does, right. very slowly. Right. He doesn't bother trying to jump off the side. He doesn't go left or right. Straight down the same trajectory that the the, the truck is coming because well, that's the way you go to get rid well, of. Well, Ben, I don't know if you know this or not. He went to the school of Stor- the stormtrooper school of running away from things. That's made famous in the movie Prometheus. But <laughs> fortunately for our they hero, also were trained there. <laughs> fortunately for our hero, one of these um, emergency radio calls out to their blue bellies or regulars, their fan club, essentially. Yes. Uh, produced uh, uh, some kid who worked at a gas station whose His, father oh, miraculously yes. had a helicopter and out of nowhere, okay. the we, ladder. So we didn't really talk about this. So the kid whose name I totally missed and his dad, cute little black kid yeah. with a fucking like semi-automatic yeah, and his yeah. dad. That kid was not fucking around. No, the kid knew what he was doing. Did you guys notice how much furniture that gas station had? It was like right. a, it was a crushed velvet sofa at <gasps> sales place and gas station. And Ooh. somehow they had a helicopter. Did you see how many crushed velvet sofas yeah. were out front next to the gas pumps? The, the profit margin on velvet, very high. Yes. You know what? I think we are all in the wrong business. <laughs> but so out of nowhere, Bunker is yeah. running from the impending doom of being crushed by a giant truck, yeah. and a rope ladder falls out of the sky, wraps around his arms, and he's magically lifted away from this this disaster by the Blues Blazer regulars. <laughs> and I'll just say, while I was watching him, I questioned. The rope ladder. I'm like, right, and I did my know, little, like, I did my little like dangle, dangling uh, gesture, which is to say you have ben's to doing suspend the dangling your disbelief. Gesture. Suspend. <laughs> suspend your disbelief. That's the, but the, the rope ladder question. came out of nowhere at just the right time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, because, he had reported in, so there was everything you know, happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I mean, come on. He's Buckaroo Bonsai. His superpower is being crazy lucky. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, so he flies back to the Buckaroo Bonsai cave now, his palatial estate. The the Bonsai Institute for Neuroscience and Rockology. And there and there are like fans standing outside who are like, Can you sign my you know I just have to talk to Buckaroo? Groupies. He has groupies. And they have like a big old like. I think in fact it's one of the groupies who says "nice jacket" to John Parker when he comes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, was it one of the groupies or was it he? He 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 was outside of the walls. He pulls up and drops his bike. Because he does have Buckaroo does have like a head of security, the like military looking guy. Yeah, yeah. Some people at the gate. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't it that guy. But there was also other people out there with like their their like you know autograph books waiting to get. I always got the impression that it was one of the groupies saying, nice jacket. I don't know. John I don't Parker, remember. He well, approaches it, it, the estate with his pink box. 
Yeah. Yes. I have to Can we talk toast? about what's in the pink box? What's in the box? What's in the pastry box? What so is John in the Parker, box? John Parker. Oh, wait, John Parker, the who is the, the black lectoid representative, approaches the gates I must to talk. the Buckaroo Institute. I have to talk to Buckaroo Banzai. You must speak to Buckaroo, he says. And it's he holds up the cake right? box. Yeah. And it's somebody in a pork pie hat sticks his head over the top. Yeah, the head of security. Head of security, whoever it is, says... You know, snatches the box and says, "Yeah, everybody must be must see Buckaroo. See you later." But he takes yeah. off with the pink pastry. He's box. gonna go eat those snacks. Except there's no snacks in the pastry. There box. is no snacks in the pastry box. But then our lovely black lectoid there catches the red lectoids jump in the fence, yeah. and by jumping the fence, Parker. I mean they She's jump like a twelve foot fence. They do like they literally do. They do I love jump. it. They crouch. And then they change the camera angle, and they are at the top of the wall. Yeah. You know what? So I'm not gonna like lie, I love that. Best, yeah, it's no, it's perfect. So good. It's perfect. That's the special effects you're looking for. That's so you don't need to see some kind of jump or so. They crouch, and then the camera angle changes, and they're at the top of the wall. That's all you need. Okay, to I'll just put it this way: What's more believable, that jump, or in Fate of the Furious when they CGI launch a car from one Dubai tower into the other? <laughs> I never saw Fate of the Furious. Okay, so, uh, I'm just saying, like, I can't make a proper judgment, but yeah, no, I see. That was Fast and Furious 7. Oh, that's right, it was Fast and Furious. It was when a submarine was chasing a high speed submarine. That's right, I was chasing a Ferrari through the Arctic. And the rock kicked a torpedo on land. That's right, he directed it into another We discussed this back in December. Okay. Oh my god. See, now I'm even happier that I've never seen any of the movies. You just that's haven't drunk. That's all I need to know. You just didn't drink enough. That's all I need to know. <laughs> can, I, can I, I'm I'm a little like, you know, tipsy and I'm not trying to chat too much. What? But let me just, let me just chime in here. When I saw them doing the Bionic Man jump, mm-hmm. it took me back to my days when mm-hmm. I was going to move here as an immigrant from Canada to the, to California specifically. And I was a big Bionic Man fan. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Lee Majors, Lee you know Majors. what I'm saying? And he and um, a Bionic Woman, Lindsay mm-hmm. Wagner, Wagner <laughs> would also uh, do this jump. So oh, yeah. I was really feeling, you know, like nostalgia, oh, yeah. you know, like when they're all, do, uh, like they didn't do the do, 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 you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I was hearing that in my head and imagining that when they were doing that uh, cat-like jump. Yeah. It's perfect. That's all you need. You guys should really do an episode on the the the, the Don't tell Bionic what Man they uh, show when they do the Sasquatch. They bring in Bionic Woman and Sasquatch. All oh, and I'll do an episode on that. Right. Oh, yeah. There was like a crossover, big crossover with Bionic Man and Bionic Woman and Sasquatch. I love these because there's also like all the like Incredible Hulk movies where it's like the Incredible Hulk and like Thor was in like an episode. Oh like a TV movie man! Or so the really bad '70s TV movie versions of the Avengers is what they're oh, kind of doing. Like, that's yeah. what our podcast is based on. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so Captain, take us back to where we are. Oh yes. Uh, so back within the palatial estate, uh, yes. Buckaroo Banzai and the Hong Kong Cavaliers are. Uh, basically doing a lot of research, finding out what's going on exactly now that Buckaroo has this knowledge. And they realized that uh, a while back there were f- 46 Johns that applied for Social Security. Yes! Same day in, New Jersey. Yes. in New Jersey. Hello! Yeah, they, they got this, they got some of this so knowledge from the cake box. What was in the cake yes. box? It was some kind of strange device. 
carrying a message. Oh my and gosh, they're the lenses to watch. Yes, that the bubble wrap, the bubble wrap goggles. The bu- so, they're bubble wrap okay, goggles. Okay, the bubble wrap so goggles. There's, there's some cheap. kind of there's some kind of device With which basically looks like eyes. like a little kid's photograph that you had when you were like five years old and you had like and it was you put a plastic record on it would play a little kid's tune. Yeah. But this thing actually little pink like weird little like plastic photograph playing device that somehow projects a big holograph for you to watch it. It would only speak to Buckaroo. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So yeah. once Buckaroo shows up, they all have these bubble wrap goggles they put on and they watch this uh, strange projection from this alien device that tells them the whole story of John Warfine, his dictatorial ways, his uh, overthrow by the Black Lectroids, and his banishment to the 8th dimension with his followers, and then his return, and now the red, the Black Lectroids have come because Buckaroo broke into the 8th dimension. And aiding freed a bunch of those free, uh, followers, so now yeah, they're going to have to incinerate Earth unless we can get this shit under so, control. So yeah, they show up with a threat saying they're going to incite nuclear war between the United States and the USSR, which was still a thing back then. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, of course now? they're... Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't call right. our best friends, right? Not, oh, yeah. Oh, we can totally do it. In three, two, one. Hey, oh, what are you guys those. drinking? I'm drinking Modelo, and there's no shame in that. Modelo is uh, special. It's you... fine, fine brew. Delightful beer. I'm not. I won't lie. My favorite of the Modellos is the Negro Modelo. Mm-hmm. That's good. But, yeah, yes. this is delightful for a, a nice spicy night like tonight. Right. It makes an excellent michelada. And I bought. Yeah, I bought this specifically um, because I bought some uh, michelada mix at our mm-hmm. local. Um, gas station, if you can believe oh, that, in El Sabrani. Yes. Oh, yes. you guys mix the Clamato with your beer? In it's, fact, it's actually just It's not Clamato, okay. it's Michelada Max. Uh, so as I believe it's, beer it's more like a Bloody Mary mix than, than uh, I, Okay. As, as mentioned here on this year podcast, uh, growing up, one of my father's favorite beverages were the, uh, the, the Budweiser Clamato mixes. Yes, um, yes, right. yes. What is that? Red eye, chalada, yeah, and um, there is nothing in the world that I feel like tastes more accurately like vomit than a chalada. <laughs> you know, you know at, uh, at uh, the Las Molas they do the micheladas with not just tomato juice; they do it with cucumber juice, which she loves, oh, or yes, pineapple yeah. juice, or mango yeah. juice. Yeah, so it doesn't vomit. have to taste like vomit, is what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's tomato juice no, it can have a variety of flavors. You could do yeah. different, different, different. But juices. when you go to um, Canada, like uh, Bloody Caesars are much more of a thing than Bloody Marys, and yeah, that is Bloody what Caesar. So they make a Bloody Mary with vodka instead. It's Bloody Mary with with. The uh, But it's also vodka, not not tequila. I was really picturing like vodka, like Caesar dressing or something. Like <laughs> that. I don't know, just the weirdness. You know what? Tomato, a little marinara sauce. Yeah, I bet that's good though. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, let's let's drop some vodka and some Caesar dressing and drink it up. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as it's not blue cheese. Look at this. Guy. He's just, <laughs> that's a bad choice. Well, like, the half, chunkiness half of this is what's going to be. Hey, Ben, can right I have right a shot of uh, sake and then we'll bring it back? By the way, guys, <laughs> okay, we have this really amazing Hakusuro sake that we've been drinking that you may have already heard our reviews of. Uh, it is, uh, let's see, using only the finest rice, Yamamata Nishiki, and Nada's 
famed spring water from Mount Roko, Shoune has been brewed as a supreme Japanese sake. It's a graceful sake with fruity scents and velvety smoothness that can enjoy be enjoyed chilled or at room temperature. And it's 15.5% alcohol by volume. It's quite delightful. It, it is, is fruity and smooth. Yeah. And, and we are enjoying it at room temperature. It is super smooth and fruity and... Very delightful. Yes. Yeah. Nose. I would buy this a hundred times again. Thank you for uh, this find in Oregon. Mm. Kind of scary easy. I will order this again, Steve. Get me on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to click through our website. Through our website at If only Amazon ever delivered our, like, 12 cents. Yeah, that'd be great if they actually were held to their agreement. So, Ben, you were talking about... We were talking about the cake box, the pastry yeah, box, box, the contents of it, the message sent by the black lectoids about bubble wrap these the bubble wrap goggles that, that allowed you to, to see this message uh, uh, from uh, 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 John Emdahl, the leader of the black lectoids. Who is a girl it? named a, John? A female, yes. <laughs> yes. Also uh, looking very Jamaican Caribbean uh, kind of. Uh, and accented. Right. So they give this story of, of we're going to blow up your planet if you if you let these fuckers get off the goddamn planet because you know they really don't want John Warfine coming back, which he got to through human meddling. Humans decide to poke their heads into the eighth dimension. And wait, 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 humans screwed it up again? They did. Yeah, I can't believe we're good it. At that we made the, the they also revealed through this message and uh, through Buckaroo's buddies. Tommy and Reno or somebody else they said Pecos who I don't know who it was but they, yeah. they, they explained to Buckaroo that um, the origin of these of Yo-Yo Dine Propulsion Systems the company that comes after the uh, the, the Black Electroid ship uh, uh, was sort of uh, brought into existence uh, in uh, the, the, the radio play War of the Worlds so they tie in War of the Worlds by saying mm-hmm. that you know there was some kind of interdimensional uh, uh, explosion or accident or incident or anomaly that somehow allowed a couple of dozen of these red lectoids followers of uh, John Warfing to escape the eighth dimension into Grover's Mills. So Grover's yes. Mills, Ohio? Yeah. New Jersey. It's Grover's New Mills, Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, and then they were able to somehow hypnotize Orson Welles and convince him to uh, that it was play just... it all off as a radio play. But the, the War of the Worlds incident was actually a real incident in this movie where uh, black, uh, red electroids were invading from the 8th uh, dimension and it got played off into the Orson Welles or the World movie or War of the Worlds uh, radio play. By the way, that's uh, that's something that comes up in a couple of different horror movies. Like, oh, Orson ah. Welles actually was doing a real radio cast and then right. they and convinced then... him that it was fake. I love when they tie that in. I like. I yeah. love when they... It's, it's like historical. Like it's really, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really yeah. an homage to the sort of master, uh, like this, this old sci-fi, this sort of, you know, because sci-fi is a relatively new uh, genre and uh, yeah. those were sort of the, some of the foundations of it. By the way, fun fact, sci-fi invented by Mary Shelley with, sci- with uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein exactly. So technically, exactly. sci-fi was invented by a lady. Hey. So, uh, so the plot is thickened by the hologram. Plot is uh, thickened. And then we also uh, find, find Buckaroo Bonsai and Penny Pretty um, talking where he basically lays it down that, well, I married your identical twin sister. 
Um, yeah. But you can totally hang with me. That's cool. She's my ex-wife now. That's all he keeps saying. So we don't know if she's dead or alive. I like to pretend that she's just actually super bitter and lives in another country. I don't know why, but that makes me. That just makes this whole movie so much funnier because everybody acts as though she's dead. But I like it just to be that she's just like no fuck bonds or like fuck bonsai. Yeah, he's really actually a total jerk. Yeah, they just like. I would like it to be that they just had like a disagreement over like, no, I'm not turning vegan. <laughs> <laughs> not in 84. Not in 84. I don't like you being on the road. I'm not begging anybody else. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You either have to be a rock star or a neurosurgeon. I can't handle you being both. I know. You never have time for me. What are my needs? Like, I just, I would, because the thing is, I'd like in the sequel that we have hinted at before, she comes back back and has to fight her twin sister she's never met for the love of the man that she knows she needs. Oh my god. Izzy's already written. Okay, we're not going to talk about the sequel yet. Keep going, Steve. The sequel is important. This is like, we keep wanting to jump to the sequel. <laughs> By the way, I'd like to point out that right now I'm making a blackberry pie. Yeah, say, <laughs> if you hear any rustlings or crinklings, that's me making a blackberry pie. First pie made on this year's podcast. Yes, it's a pie cast. <laughs> pie cast is a pie pie cast because it's a pie cast. These noises aren't electroids of any sort. No, it's just my rolling pin. <laughs> and, then they, and then they intrude into the glacial state of Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, they basically break in. Uh, uh, Rawhide gets hit. Um, and he's oh, a little spider. They get the spider. They're spitting spiders. Yeah. Christopher spit Lloyd is spitting spiders. spiders around, and there's like there's no uh, treatment. You get hit by the, the, yeah. by, the by the spit spider from uh, Christopher Lloyd, and that's it. Okay, yeah, that, okay. I didn't understand like because he takes out the mechanic first with the spit thing, and I'm like. What what was that? I, I yeah. don't understand. Uh, but okay, now these spit some kind of critters. Yeah, uh, so it's like arachnophobia, or where are we going with that? Christopher Lloyd, these electrodes somehow have some kind of. This is their defense defense mechanism. They've got like a little like some kind of attack they can do where they spit some kind of like nasty little venomous critter at you. <laughs> yeah, um, I need not to lie. I missed him actually spitting it at Rawhide. But I caught it. He spits like another one that misses, and then Christopher Lloyd runs out of the room. And um, the good John, John, John the, Parker, John Parker, John Parker, John Parker, John Parker, John Parker. Sma- <laughs> smashes it with his foot. Yeah. And that's when they go like, any... "Is there any cure for this?" Yeah, and he goes, "Oh no, no man." Yes, yeah, not at all. Not at all, yeah. man. Cool runnings. Just casually says, "Yeah, your friend is doomed. He's about to die." Oh, poor, I, I'm not gonna lie. This is the death I'm the saddest about. Like, it, poor like how, how much of, of uh, that particular you know compadre have you seen? Nothing except for that scene. Like, you've not no, seen that's that. not true. He and was in earlier, and it's Clancy Brown. He's a goddamn amazing actor. Is that the like blonde guy with the curly hair? Who's in, like, no, that's no. perfect. Uh, perfect Tommy. No, no, no. He was in like. Um, He's like a honey brunette. He's uh, Clancy Brown is the guy who was the bad guy in Highlander. Yes, yes, yes. That's who I'm. But no, there's a different guy who gets it first. The first guy who gets it. That's right. There's another guy who's dead, dead, and then they watch Rawhide die. And then they watch him die, and then the other guy gets it. It's the Kurgan. 
yeah, the Kurgan. Yeah, yeah. He gets it next, and that's when they re- they find out that there's no there's no yeah you know, there's no antidote here. You're gonna die. Perfect Tommy is go- a goner. No, I'm sorry, no, Perfect Tommy. No, 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 I'm sorry. Never mind. Turns out Charles at the end. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Rawhide is the goner. Rawhide is the goner. And he's got the perfect bleach shot. Oh, by the way, in the reboot, Perfect Tommy played by the guy from Burn Notice. Yeah, Jeffrey Donovan. Jeffrey Donovan. (laughs) You also know from Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Yeah. Nobody watched that movie. I watched that movie a couple times. It wasn't that bad. We digress. Oh, that says entire podcast, Kristen, is digressions. (laughs) So so Dr. Kudo is uh, being chased by the intruders, too, and then he gives the overthruster to Penny, who is there for some reason. Well, all right, so Penny... why is she the keeper of the overthruster? Okay, so here's... Critically important. So here's the thing. So Penny uh, is chilling with Bonsai. I'm assuming they bang because she's in his room. Uh, She, like, showered and went through all his stuff. He comes in at one point and she's like crying in the bathroom and is like, I'm sorry, you hate me. I went through all your things. I'm the worst person in the world. Yeah, why well, do she, you... she at that point realized, like, she's then, like, what's up with this picture? Why goes, is this person Why do you have like a me? picture of me yeah, like, with you? This is super weird. Which, by the way, in the days before Photoshop, that could you imagine if you walked into a room with a guy you just met who bailed you out of jail and he has a picture of himself hugging you? How freaked out would you be? Super freaks out, yeah. right? She has every right to yeah. go through every drawer and try and, and find out. And she's already mentally unstable, clearly. It'd be like so Mick Jagger bailed you out of jail, you went to his place and it turns out he has a picture of himself hugging you. Yeah, right. It's like Are you weird. freaked out yet? Or what weird. Yeah. 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 So like she's freaking out and he's like, No, turns out I was married to your twin sister, but she's my ex wife now, so that's all cool. Yeah, like he and realized then, this all in the jail scene, but he didn't include her in yet until Yeah, he yeah, yeah he didn't really tell her. So he's like, I got, I got shit to do because it turns out guys are dying downstairs. So he ducks out and she's going downstairs to like find out where everybody went. And as she goes down, she's just like pushing doors open and like, hello, where'd everybody go? There were like 10 of you and now there's none of you. And she pushes a door open just as Professor Ito's running in another door and there's a locked gate between them. Professor Ito's like, here, hide this in your purse and just shoves this like, basically looks like a vape pen. And he's like, don't let anybody see it. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And then does he get killed? No, they yeah. capture him. Yeah, yeah, they capture. They him, capture him. Uh, but then they, but they see that he handed it off to her or something because then they steal the helicopter. Well, he still has the her. case, but they realize that he doesn't have yeah. it in the case. Yeah, that's, that's She's the only other person in the building they haven't either caught or who isn't chasing them. So they assume she must have it on her. Yeah. Well, here's also the great thing is she's she sticks it in her purse, right? The mm-hmm. purse is like one of these clear bags they make you take to a festival. Because right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're afraid you're going to bring a weapon in. So somehow she's like prepared for a festival in like the, the, the 2015s or the 2018s. <laughs> yeah, with her with her clear see-through plastic purse well, you she see, hides the overthruster in. Well, you see, it's 2018 and she's actually just a high school student. So they make them carry clear bags now. So they exactly. can't carry weapons to school. That's right. <laughs> Like too dark? back when we were in high school, we used to carry weapons in school. By the way, I'm just going to put. Well, I'm just going to put. By the way, just to put this out there, 
if the clear backpack thing had happened while I was in school, the only thing that would have happened is everyone would have just filled it with tampons covered in ketchup. That is the only thing that could have possibly happened. Just to fuck with everyone. That's the, knowing everybody I physically knew. By the way, Ben is going through his entire kitchen yeah, right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is my podcast right here. Here comes the fruit. Podcast. I, I feel like it should be narrating like an episode of Chop. Like, oh my god, he's going for the berries. Is he going to muddle them? Or is he going to put more sugar on them? What's going on? It's called macerating, Steve. Macerating, <laughs> but yeah, no, just knowing everybody I knew in high school and I went into high school late 90s, early 2000s, that's all they would have done. They would have been like, you want to see what's inside my backpack? Ketchup covered tampons. <laughs> that's what's in my Take backpack. That, <laughs> Why is your homework covered in ketchup? I don't know. <laughs> Red Lectoids capture Penny Pretty, capture Professor Bale in the helicopter from the uh, from the uh, Blue Blazer regulars who would earlier saved Buckaroo out of nowhere. They go back to Yo-Yo Nine. Gotta who go to Yo-Yo. The, wait, back up. Who are the Blue Blazer regulars? Blue Blazer regulars. The cute little black kid with his dad. That's the cute little black kid with the huge gun in his dad. Right. Okay. Right. They are in general. They are uh, Buckaroo's fan club. Yeah, the uh, the the crushed velvet couch salesman. Yes. With yes. The okay. Yes. Yeah. And the help. So they oh, are the they're, they're part of this fan club that they said. I'm in love with the gas Yo yo ham radio shout out to when he was in trouble. Yeah, all blue blazer regulars, we need you now. Yep. Buckaroo's in trouble. Let that happen. Buckaroo Banzai is filling in the president on what's going down. Uh, and also, National Security Advisor Yakov Smirnov. Yeah. Right? Which was, uh, when I was watching the first time, I was like, that guy looks like Yakov Smirnov. That was like, yeah, yeah, peak casting. <laughs> You're talking like peak casting. Wait, wait, have we mentioned that the president's in traction? In traction. Yeah. 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 Like, the weird, like, Johnny, like, from the outsider's bed. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's like uh, down, yeah, he's like heard, face yeah. down, and you know, coming from again a medical perspective, there's not too many times you would put somebody face down on that. But well, you know, why would you put somebody face down on a bed? Um, if they were having trouble breathing and they help and it helped them to breathe better if they were lying on their chest. Regardless, it was weird to see the president, you know, all strapped in to that position. I kind of like the idea that the president is completely incapacitated. Like, it's very FDR-like mm-hmm. uh, throwback. You know, like when the president had polio kind of a thing. But they can't have the president And, polio. you know, tying it to modern times, our president's totally incapacitated as well. Yeah, so. but it's for, like, different reasons. <laughs> I mean, Literally it's not like... It's not like a... It's not like Canadian. Anybody who eats that much glue isn't going to be able to. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's not like Canadian like politicians who just do like a bunch of math and then get reelected. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, we'll they have Florida. math in Canada. Raw Florida, wait, goddamn it, I did it again. Raw Florida. Raw Florida. Right. His whole thing was he did math, it's right? His brother now, Doug. Yeah. His Poor, brother yeah. Doug. You know. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. I'm sorry, a Canadian name. Doug. <laughs> Right. That's another movie we have to do. Canadian name Doug. You know? Seriously, Bob and Doug McKenzie. That's another movie. If you haven't done it, then I call we that have movie. not. Ah, so that's going to be next. our next our next guest appearance. Will be. We have Canadian viewership. In fact, you are not the first Canadian on our podcast. 
But we've made plenty of Canada jokes. <laughs> you know what my favorite thing is? Is like to go into the BevMo and go to the Canadian whiskey aisle and press the button and it does, Oh, Canada. <laughs> we need some help in the Canadian whiskey aisle, eh? <laughs> ah, I did not know it did that. It's wonderful. I have to... uh, but after the president is talking about what's going down with the... Uh, Possibility of World War III going down. Dr. Lizardo's back, a mere uh, hour and eight minutes into the movie. And <laughs> and basically, uh, Penny Purdy's brought in and he says, Take her to the pit to be tortured, apparently. So and they're back at Yo-Yo United Propulsion Systems in, in Grover's Mills, New Jersey, New Jersey where uh, they're actually a government contractor. So the president and his whole team come into play. Because Yo-Yo United Propulsion Systems is supposedly making a bomber. <laughs> this is all right in the same part of the movie we're talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, uh, so things go to DEFCON 5. Story solid. You should repeat it over because... You shouldn't be running the water while they're trying to record you. <laughs> That's okay. We'll we'll hide and we'll post on Instagram. Have you ever been curious what a pie sounds like? Tune in to this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I make a pie. <laughs> it's the first you know what I'm gonna go throw it out there. This might be the first pie. Created on a non-food related podcast. It's true. We're not talking about pie. We're talking about. We're breaking the fucking eighth dimension, guys. We are. This podcast. The pie new boundaries. It's a now, pie cast. Now, boy, we work like a murder mystery into it. All the podcasts coming together. I may have a candlestick. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, fearless leader, take us so, back. So Penny's in the pit. And we, uh, we're also introduced to the uh, the little guy from uh, Twin Peaks. <laughs> yes, he was a not he was the dancing guy. He totally yes. was. I'm going to throw this out there. Is there a movie that you watch over and over and over again that doesn't involve a little person? Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, what was the last Space time Odyssey, you watched Scarface? What was the last time you watched 2001 A Space Odyssey? Been within the last two years because that, okay. that final... That final Scene where it's like fucking acid. Are you sure like 20 minutes of like what the hell? Are you sure there's not a little person in there? You don't know, but you still don't know. What was the last time you watched Scarface? He claims Scarface is his favorite movie, but what was the last time you fucking watched Scarface? Three or four years ago? Congo. No. Is he still Congo? Congo's your favorite. No. There's a name. There isn't. There's technically a little person in that gorilla outfit. Big Trouble in Little China? There's gotta be a little person in there. Where? There's so many opportunities. Somebody's in the costume. Somebody's in the costume. There's a little person in there. There's a big person in that, uh. The big, demon, the big demon, big demon costume like this. But how something. tall is James Hong? <laughs> Wait, is Wayne technically a little person? How tall is the guy who plays Wayne David? I was reading an article about the movie Predator today. They talked about the, <gasps> the guy who played the Predator, yeah. the guy who was wore the costume. Yeah. The first person cast for that part was Jean Claude Van Damme. Yes. Yeah. 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 Have you seen the test footage? 
No, with him fucking in the terrible, <laughs> this terrible bony suit that looked like a duck, like a, like a, like, yeah. like, well, like well, and he, it was really awkward. He's like, he's really awkward in it, and then they're like, okay, fuck this guy, fuck this suit. Yeah. They got the guy who played the the Sasquatch and Harry and Hendersons. Yes, and they got a new suit, and they were like, okay, we got to do a movie now. <gasps> we finally got rid of that fucking Van Damme. They literally had to get rid of Van Damme to make a good movie. By the way, ah. we interviewed the amazing Thomas Jane on this year podcast. Sure we actually is. got to talk to him, one of the stars of the new Predator. Ooh. All right. And it turns out he likes aliens a lot. Nice. He is very deep in the alien conspiracy, not the movie. That's the, good. The greats. He's into the greats oh, the whole conspiracy. You've got to listen to this interview. Great, it is amazing. So. He is a super fascinating individual. And I just found out today that he is part of the barefoot movement. He does not wear shoes. And apparently oh. did not wear shoes for the entire movie Predator. Really? And now I want a second interview. He's working on his mini uh Mini chlorians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mitochondria. He's going to build up some strong mitochondria. Yeah, the mitochondria are how you become a Jedi. Cody Levine. Cody Levine is like the no shoes guru guy from Dual Survival. Have you ever watched that show? Yeah, I love that show. And he is punk rock guy, Jeff Ott, who's like punk rock. For many years with no shoes. He's a nurse practitioner and I believe he wears shoes now. He's got a higher nurse degree than mine. He's. Do you have to wear shoes as a nurse? I'm sure there are situations as a nurse where it's well, not all the time. <laughs> she says in her flippy floppies. <laughs> all right, take us back. Buckaroo bonsai. No shoeless madness. Okay, so, you guys. So, so Penny's in the pit. She's about mm-hmm. to be tortured. Buckaroo bonsai comes in. He gets captured. Captured. He's about to be tortured in the little. Uh, they both get tortured. They give him, the, they they give him the Han Solo treatment. They, yeah. they shock yeah. the heck out of his dick. Like with yeah, they shock his nuts. Crotch, <laughs> like not good. Meanwhile, Penny like has a tarantula. There's just some giant slug like coming down like a conveyor belt towards her face. Oh, like, do, yeah. He yeah. was more honey, he says. So <laughs> oh the honey yeah 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 because that neither of them will give up any information so Steve and I had this conversation what is more painful and fifty percent of the room is male is it the dick shock or is it the ball shock the balls balls yeah. all balls okay because oh. so it's a pain that goes way up it's not just like there it goes way up see, into your into your abdomen yeah. <laughs> the, the balls are like connected to like the right entire into the neuro system. Yeah, uh, with like the tip of the penis, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of kind of is there. The rest of the dicks used to being like beat around. Yeah, and yeah. Flopped. I think it's all kind of zippers and you know gets caught between the legs and thighs. Yeah, you know, grabbing on constantly. That's like the grizzled war vet. Whereas the balls are like jagged tendons. Yeah, got calluses on there. The balls, though, that's like a newborn baby. Millions and millions of newborns. It's like getting babies. punched in the stomach when you're not ready for it. You know? like it, 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 it. It goes all the way through you. It doesn't just hurt in place, it hurts all the way through you, and then it's sore in place for days, for like you know, hours. Getting off topic. No, 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 this is actually <laughs> it's it's not a very important He for took an electric shock straight to his like groin. It was like yeah. both, everything was hurting down there. I'm surprised he didn't just immediately vomit. Yeah, it was like, it's like tied into the Projectile yeah, vomit. vomit like, yeah. Immediately, just to, oh look. Yeah. Touchdown. Oh, they just take the lead. Hey, go Packers. Just so you guys know, there's football happening. That might Everything I learned from sports right. <laughs> By the way, it's around this time we get the uh, one of my favorite lines from this movie. Big Bootay, activate the probes. Yes. <laughs> the <Boutet> probes. <laughs> the big booty probes. I keep, I keep Do you have any comment on that, Ben? <laughs> no, that's perfect. 
explanatory. Kristen, working in the medical field, have you ever had to declare to release the big booty probes? Or, or do you work with a big booty? Sadly, have I have not had that. You may have to work that into some sort of staff no. meeting. Have I probed booties? Yes, okay. I have. But, um, you know, we, I haven't had to make the declaration. Nice. You know what? This may have to happen. <laughs> uh, but the Hong Kong Cavaliers are to the rescue. They show yes. force. Yes. Stylish. And everybody's got the uh, their, their special vest where they can breathe the gas. So they can see. Oh the yeah! It was like hella dune. And they everybody is like everybody is literally armed to the armed to the teeth. Yeah. So oh, yeah. guns that? everywhere. Oh yeah, everybody. Uh, you know what? I am so excited that these rock star slash neurosurgeons are also just completely range trained. Like yes, they don't have to use any kind of gun that yeah. enters their hands. Yeah. Grenade launchers, yeah, uh, no semi-automatic problem. rifles, shotguns, so, pistols, yeah, automatic uh, pistols. Yo, yeah, no they do yeah, Even yeah. Jeff Goldblum, who was just a neurosurgeon before, shows up pistol yes. in one hand, revolver in one hand. And automatic in the other, he can with his cutesy yeah, cowboy outfit no and hipster glasses. No problem, hipster glasses. Knew how to fire a gun, and is ready to shoot down uh, other perceived humanoids, like without a doubt, without a, yeah. without a, 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 a flinch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so once again, Kristen, as a medical professional, you are trained in all sorts of firearms, correct? Then <laughs> 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 you used to work with uh, all sorts of musicians. I've trained in every kind of firearm, correct? <laughs> well, you know what. That's ironic that you bring that up because there is a funny big long history with musicians and firearms. What? Go back and talk about like Johnny Cash and uh, Carl Perkins and uh, and Jerry Lee Lewis and those guys. They would go on tour together, and they were the original like outlaw like rock and roll stars. They would bring lots of guns with them on tour. They'd get kicked out of hotels for shooting cannons off in the hallway and stuff. Like, I'm not joking. Shooting cannons oh, off in the hallway. My father traveled with Uriah Heep and Buddy Miles and Janice Joplin. I've heard many of the gun stories. And there's plenty of stories about, you know, managers, road managers whipping out their pistol when they have to, oh, yeah. blah, 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 stuff like that. I or never carried anything don't like that when I did those things, but, you know. Uh, I can tell you, Kristen, Kristen's, Kristen's got very limited, <laughs> limited experience with shooting firearms, and I have a slightly more broad experience shooting firearms, but neither of us. Wait, wait the American master. has more firearms experience than the Canadian? I made her go to the gun range, and she chickened out after shooting pistols. She didn't want to They're scary, right? guns is an act of violence against yourself. Because of the recoil. That's how come Ben, as a band manager, carried a longbow. (laughs) No, the recoil comes back on you. Any any act of violence uh, uh, recoils. Any act of violence affects the the actor as much as the recipient. Yeah, I believe it's a lot. Speaking of actors. Back to Steve, the guy who used to load his fought like help his father build his own ammunition. Well, a lot of people here shot AK forty seven. Steve, you've shot an AK forty seven. Yeah, I've shot an AK. Oh, I've taken AR fifteen. AR fifteen is way way better. Oh, AR fifteen is okay. They're way better to shoot than the AK forty seven. Anyways, 
despite all the Hong Kong Cavaliers' advanced yeah. weapons training, there's a carousel-ish toy in the middle of the room, and that catches them completely. I love the toy. And everyone's like, what is it? Is it a trap? No, it's just a toy. <laughs> and then also the, the red... Uh, like the red lectoids attack. They're coming from like, They're the dropping sky. from the duct tent from the ducks. They're falling everywhere. They're just screaming out of the corners and they're getting shot down left and right. Yeah, it's for advanced aliens, they're 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 not that tough. Yeah. Nor are they that 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 uh, that canny because they tend to sh- uh, they tend to announce their their appearance with a scream and then they get shot. Yeah. 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 For somebody with the like strategic advantage, they do not take advantage of that advantage. They're 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 really bad at this. Really bad because they're also none of them are armed. They're they're a lot like predators. They have a a a code of conduct that they yeah. (laughs) Code of conduct. I mean, obviously you're just hunting or whatever, but it's like they like to give them a little. A little gurgling noise that they make, you know, yeah. just like what? What was that? And then shoot him. It's kind of like when a deer rears up. Like what? What was what? that? What was the last time you got killed by a deer, Steve? <laughs> last time I personally got killed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. Would have been 1984. Party stage at Fog Hat. <laughs> 1984 was the year came out of nowhere. 1984 was the year of fuckery bonsai. I was driving through the 8th dimension and there was a ghostish deer creature (laughs) that hit the windshield. I'm just saying, nobody in this room has been killed by a deer, Steve, so... (laughs) Alright, well, there you go. Buckaroo Banzai escapes in the the hubbub. Yeah. Uh, And he ends up teaming up with New Jersey. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Got a gun from Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. And he managed to pop off a couple of uh, bad guys. By the way, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. Is this one of the most Jeff Goldblum heavy movies? Like, mm. in, in his, like, number of minutes of appearance to film thing, where he doesn't show off his bare chest. There is no bare chest. No, I know. There's zero oh, bare chest. Same the sequel. He did have, okay, so he had the old timey, like, flap, um, you yeah, know. Yeah, and he has this, like, shirt. shirt. And it was unbuttoned, but, you know. No, but he had his, like, drool rag bandana hanging yes. down over it. He like, was not showing the chest. Even in Jurassic Park, he got to show off, you know, the chest. Yeah, the Earth Girls are easy. It's, yeah. It's all about that fluffy blue. Izzy, I think yeah. that the focus on the chest was on uh, Perfect Tommy. It was on Perfect Tommy. You okay. had to show off that Perfect Tommy. Um, which, you know, yeah. And what was that actor? What else was he in? You know, yeah, Lewis Smith. I, I, looked, it I up. looked it up and it wasn't... Yeah, he, he was like in like Grease 2 or something. Grease 2. But, like, he's bad one. Which I'm fine with like, Grease 2. Or or something, or too bad because he was good. Well, I don't know, he he, I, he, it's too bad because he was good in that movie. Yeah. yeah he was as good as anybody yeah. else. That's why I was looking up. His was, like, bleach shop was killer. But we one hundred percent believe that he also may be the same guy from Burn Notice, right? <laughs> he may just be a vampire, be. Under the right? Like Keanu. Keanu's got his painting up at the Legion of Honor from like seventeen sixty. Isn't there like a Nicolas Cage painting like that too? No, I think it's Keanu Reeves because I've actually seen the Keanu Reeves yeah, painting. Yeah, at the Legion of Honor. And it's this Duke from like seriously it like seventeen sixty, exactly like, oh, and there's no way it's not Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I've seen the the, the, the memes, all the pictures. The Palace of the, the Legion of Honor is eleven miles yeah. from here. Go see it. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> seriously, that, that painting and that so is much. a huge painting. It's like it's seriously ten feet tall. 
It's very cool. All right, so Buckery Banzai escapes. Uh, he's able to save Penny before the slug crawls into her brain. Was he, the slug, though? The slug was he? Well, the slug was halfway down the track, so yeah. it never actually made contact with her. So that we no, can see. but we're going to find out later. This might have been too close a call for poor Penny. She may have been through too Something. Much. She'd been exposed to something, for sure, before the slug Well, she had a tarantula on her goddamn leg. That would have killed me. I don't do other... spiders. Oh, tarantula bite is like No, a spiders are awful. All spiders are awful. They <laughs> do their job in the wild, but if they're anywhere near me, I'm dead. But are they worse than Elijah Wood? You know what? Aww. We're not going to go into this debate. I don't know if you two know this or not, but I know listeners for a podcast know. I do have an irrational fear of Elijah Wood. I'm pretty really? sure he is. Isn't his fun. eyes too big? It is his eye. You know, it's the light eyes with the dark hair. It freaks me out. It's the same thing with the guy from White Collar, who's also I magic. Have light eyes and she dark hair. hair. No, but your hair's not as dark as your Your eyes hair. are also uh, darker blue, too. Wait, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah Steve has blue eyes, too, but you guys, I don't know. Elijah Wood. I've been afraid of Elijah Woods, the good, the good son. I was pretty sure the end of that movie was going to be that he was a serial killer setting up uh, Macaulay Culkin. Like I just like till the end of that movie, I'm like, no, he's fucking evil. Is the National twist of that movie? Yeah. It was Elijah the whole time. It was Elijah the whole time. By the way, that movie becomes instantly better if it's Elijah the whole time, right? No, Frodo. I thought he was a bad guy in Radio Flyer. <laughs> I was like, I was like six was when I saw that, and I'm like, Elijah was gonna pop up as a bad guy in this fucking movie. So then, all the Johns are trying to escape. <laughs> all the Johns all are the, trying to escape. All the electrodes are named John. John, what? John Yaya. Why John is there? Okay, as a Canadian, I want to ask: Why is there not a John A. McDonald? Hey. I'll leave that to you, you know, Canadian. We didn't, we didn't actually uh, get to see all the Brandon, entire list of. There may have been a John. There a. should have been a John A. McDonald. There was like name as an alien. There are like forty so John Johns. A. We don't have all of them listed in this yeah. movie. There probably <laughs> is. And then, well, you think about it, there were several hundred of them locked in the eighth dimension. And once yeah. we once we got, uh, once we are introduced to the black electrodes, we realize John Parker, John Emdahl, they are all yeah, awesome there Johns is as for well. Sure. There's so a, Canadian a whole John in there. civilization of Johns. Multiple layers of Johns. So Johns. many Johns, don't you know? Exactly. <laughs> That's what's going on there. So we're trying to get these uh, escape shuttles, and we find out uh, <laughs> Dr. Lazardo flies with his feet. Yes, he does. Feet, he do your pedals. thing. Foot pedals for his. He has his own overthruster. They are the, they are unable to Use recover Buckaroo's overthruster. So he brings his janky ass homemade overthruster. He made. In the uh, insane asylum, apparently. Yeah. Out of old TV parts and stuff. TV parts, and I'm pretty sure poop. Poop. That's so, what they use. Well, it. That's there's uh, no, there's nitrogen in that, and that like it's TNT. Important, yeah. important nitrogen is important. So they install the, the the janky homemade overthruster that that oh, uh, that uh, John Warfine has made uh, in Lazardo's body, and uh, they all climb into the troop ship to try to escape, to try to break into the eighth dimension. But Buckaroo, Buckaroo Banzai and uh, John, Parker. John Parker also sneak aboard. Sneak and by aboard. the way, I absolutely love John Parker's uh, line here where it's like, where Buckaroo goes, what is this thing? And John Parker goes, oh, it looks like one of our designs, but it's very bad. It's a very bad design. <laughs> that's such a yeah. good line. That's one of the lines that sticks to me through the whole movie. That's it's one of my thermopods, but it's a very bad design. It's like one of our thermopods. So, so what's with the meat suits? 
the, the meat seats, that. right? It's some kind of some kind of restraint, some kind of that that, that yeah, initially that was the lady shit into, though. Yeah. No, he gets into it, right, and then he shoots him, and then the other guy gets into it. The, uh, it was the other into it, so, but those are some kind of restraint, some kind no, of safety restraint. So, so it's called a thermal pod. So I wonder if maybe so, like the whole thing kind of looks like it's made of meat anyway. Like it's sort Organic. of. You know what it is? It sort of looks like if you hollowed out like a shumai, the little pork buns from Dim Sum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like it's that texture of the like, it's not really pork, it's pork paste. (laughs) Um, And so I wonder if like there's something about that like pork finish (laughs) that protects you from like going interdimensionally. Maybe that's how come uh, Buckaroo's thing caught on fire because it wasn't made of this like pork paste. It didn't have enough meat on it. Yeah, it wasn't pasty enough. Could have been a lack of meat. Yeah, this is this is my theory is that it wasn't enough like pork paste. So similar to like in in the 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 Terminator where like Mm -hmm. they can time travel, but it only can't take their clothes. It's only organic stuff. Only meat, only flesh will pass through. So that the 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 Terminator has to be encased in the in the flesh to pass through. Yeah. So this is my question on Terminator. I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there. What if you have like a knee replacement? Does that get to time travel with you, or does that well, get to behind? It, it depends on what. As long as it's covered in the meat. The, the, okay. The, the, no, the, it depends on what the replacement part's made out of. Well, no, but the whole the whole Terminator comes through, and he's all like titanium underneath, but he's meat on top. He's but flesh knee on replacement top. knees are titanium, right, Kristen? Right. So yeah. they're they're underneath. Well, they're are they in Terminator? The I'm just saying, like the Terminator himself is a metal. Of? Like once all the once they burn all the flesh off, he's a big walking metal robot. You know, he, yeah. he's all steel. He's all shiny metal but as long okay. as that's all encased in meat it can go through the time travel yeah and maybe this is the same kind of deal where yeah it's, it's gotta, gotta be encased in it's meat. gotta be meat encased to go through the uh the, the dimension and that's how come buckaroo could travel through the eighth dimension but maybe the red lectoids couldn't get themselves back because they don't they, have well, enough meat their their overthruster was, was uh was uh didn't have the right equations there, there was some <laughs> some problem with equations they didn't have their their mathematics correct for their overthrusters, so they weren't connecting the beams. They had like three beams that had to connect. Yes, uh, this is also like where we find out if they can't. This also then, where we find out if they can't line up their beams, they'll yeah. never get. And it seems like like Lithgow is trying is using those foot pedals to line yeah. the beams up. He's working those foot pedals with his toes. Feet, do your thing. Uh, and the beams are trying to line up, but they don't line up well enough to to, to like penetrate through dimensions. They just said. They just penetrate through the wall. They don't have that meaty mind of Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> uh, so, so they're on the ships. They're flying over New Jersey. Uh, I know, I've written down one of the ships. Uh, I think it's Buckaroo Banzai ship. Looks like Alf, but like it does look like Alf hybrid. <laughs> it looks like a shell. It looks like a crustacean. In fact, but the there's, there's nose a, of it looks like Alf. There's a there's a truck down the street, and they have a shell on their dashboard that looks like oh. it has those little like. Wow. Oh, it looks like, like the shell. shell it's like a conch shell, but it's got those little protrusions, those little yeah. tentacle-looking bits on it. It's just a shell yeah. on there, and I look at it every time I walk past. Nice. We take Sophie for a walk, and I'm like that looks like the thermal pod from yeah. Buckery Bonsai. Yeah. Like Buckery Bonsai. I mean, it doesn't have the gun on it, but it has the yeah, little. Yeah, like, it doesn't have. It has the little like laser. tentacle, like 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 fingers sticking off the side of it. Yes, it doesn't have that all-important laser that they have for the, the ship. Laser. They have to line up and blast yeah. that new ship. With By the way, I'm not going to lie. I like the way the seating setup is in this. So, like, you have one seat seats, facing yeah. forward and one piece seat facing back that shoots the gun. 
And they have, like, but those seats pivot. They like, all swivel together. So you can oh, switch. they're about to drink some beer. Oh, oh cracking shit. more beers. So you can so switch cool. driver and gunner positions by just swiveling the seats around. By the way, Sophie's look, she's looking for the foam. She's just like, where is it? Where is the beer? Warfit is blown up. Um, I down. down. Okay, so so the good guy aliens, uh, the the black letoids. Yeah. Is one of them played by Lawrence Fishburne? Because one of them totally sounds like Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> oh, yeah, voice of that it's a little early, too, for Fishburne. It's a little early. Yeah. 84? Like, I don't... Cherry 2000. And he is in Cherry 2000. He's the lawyer. He's oh, my God. Yeah, he's he, the sex lawyer. I've actually seen that movie, so... Yeah. I need to see it again. He, he's the... So, in Cherry 2000, when the main guy originally goes to the bar and tries to set up the goes deal the with anything else, that's the lawyer. And he's credited as Larry Fishburne. Hey, baby. How'd you like to come home with me tonight? I don't know. You got a contract? I got a standard one-night affair right here with optional episode in the morning. You know, this oral clause seems a little one-sided. Has this ever happened to you? Hi, I'm Larry Fishburne of Moss Reeves and Fishburne Associates. If you need help negotiating your latest sexual conquest, call me. No matter what you're looking for, whether it's full penetration, DVDA, backdoor access, optional escapades, multiple consumer contracts, video distribution rights, non-disclosure agreements, no matter what you're looking for in a date, we can help. We've been negotiating these contracts for over 20 years, ever since shit got really weird in the 90s. Where Fifty Shades of Grey may have set the groundwork for these kind of contracts, we took it the next step and made it work for you. So call me at 555-555-5556. Or you can meet me at my office at the Glue Glue Club at the corner of State Street and 7200 South. Open Monday through Friday till 8, Saturday till 5, close Sundays. And that's Larry Fishburne. Remember, I don't get paid till you get laid. Wait, also we interviewed from Cherry 2000. Oh, Marshall Bell. Marshall Bell. Yeah. We got to interview him on this here podcast. He sure did. Uh, coolest guy. He is one of the coolest guys ever. By the way, he's a married he's married to an Academy Award winning costume designer. But he wasn't the costume designer. No, his wife. Is, his wife. Is. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. she wasn't. She wasn't. No, it's not her. <laughs> So, where so we yeah, were. it blows up the ship. Yeah, uh, blows up uh, Dr. Lizardo's ship. And then their ship crashes over because I remember he's on the parachute. And I'm like, oh, luckily there was a parachute. Oh, well, he, he jumped So he ejects oh, so eject. that John, uh, so John Parker can, can go back home. to his home. Oh, that's right, that's right. Back okay. to the mothership. Yeah. That's, so he that's parachutes out. Right. And then we get that like great little musical scene. Like, it sounds like the penis thing, right? You expect, like, Linus to be, like, playing the... And Snoopy to come out. It sounds like... But it's all the cast from the movie, and they're all in their finest little, like, bow ties and stuff. And they come marching Oh, that's the end. That's the very end. Perfect Tommy was not wearing a shirt. No, he was sure For the records. No, they look like they were doing a second line. Like, they had a little... They're all shot. Yeah, they're marching. People are, like, falling But there is a little scene between the between the march down the... Los Angeles River, LA River, yeah. LA River and the, the concrete LA River or whatever. Uh, before that, uh, there's a little scene where Buckaroo comes back home. Yeah, because he's got and a... It turns out that uh, that Pretty Penny... Penny Pretty. 
Penny, Penny Pretty, Pretty like, like first, at first, <laughs> at first, Pretty at first, Penny. Jeff Goldblum's like, yeah, she's gonna be okay. We just yeah, we no, he just, he just said he was gonna go take care he of her. He was gonna go take care of her, and but stuff, then it's so. all I did everything I could. Then I did everything I could. He comes back and here's Penny Pretty under a sheet, and yeah. she's like it's not moving under a sheet, and Buckaroo approaches her. Right, yeah. what happens? He so pulls he back the sheet. What happens? Well, Buckaroo earlier, he'd been zapped, right, by the by the uh, black electrodes and given this, like, code? knowledge and ability and code. So when he approaches her to give her his final goodbye kiss, that spark oh, jumps yes. across. He has his nose zapped. And, and, and he gets thrown back. Zaps her back to life. Boom. And they cut away. They cut away to the black electrodes up in their mothership flying away. And the... the Head black electro, whoever it is, one of them says, So what? Big deal. That's the one that you sounds know. like Lawrence Fishburne. So what? Big deal. <laughs> it's a Jamaican accent. Yeah. Indicating that, you know, well, we saved her on a whim, you know, like just this little additional like, kickback to Buckaroo for being such Whatever. A cool Buckaroo, we saved your girlfriend. So, yeah. It's not that Penny big Pretty deal. is saved. Buckaroo gets, gets to be happy. They cut to. The cast all marching down the, the, yeah. down the concrete LA River, oh, which is so like good. you know, it's reminiscent of, of course, the famous uh, 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 race scene in um, in Greece, yeah. where yeah. they race down the and in Terminator, all these famous scenes filmed yeah. on the LA River. Terminator the came concrete, after right? So the concrete just, LA River. Yeah. Which I was going to say for everybody who doesn't know what the LA River is, the LA concrete. River is a giant concrete drainage ditch. Drainage um, ditch. It's a drainage ditch, yeah. but they call it the L.A. River because, you know, it fills up. It was a river once. It was once. And then and, they concreted it off. Yeah, and, and Los Angeles is a desert, so when it rains, it has nowhere to go, so it just fills that up. A lot of homeless people drown in it every winter. <laughs> okay. there, are, there are many, many famous movie scenes there from, like we said, Greece. Yeah, Greece's from, race uh, scene is in the L.A. River. And from uh, 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 Terminator. Uh, Terminator. Sure. There's, yeah. there's yeah. A Terminator 2. Was it Terminator 2? There's, there's a big chase scene down the L.A. River. Yeah. Uh, there's in the Fear of the Walking Dead, there's some there's some early scenes of the first season there. By the yeah. way, I do... what The one thing... Thing I really so I, I do like this whole scene. It's a total musical scene. It's to the great little theme. Yeah, They're all marching the along. Theme. They're creating. They have their little like skips in their steps. They all very second. They all they're kind of marching in time almost like. Mm-hmm. And then the There's little close-ups of their little costume things. Certain guys wear special shoes. Yeah. Certain guys wear special ties. And this is where it comes in. They 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 very ambitiously announce the sequel. Okay, here but, it is. Wait, wait, but my favorite part of this whole scene is there's graffiti that says Buckaroo Banzai on the right. wall. Yeah. And my favorite little touches you can see where they've like sandblasted off the wall Buckaroo Banzai before. And redone it. And redone it. And I don't know if that was on purpose oh. or not. But I like to think that Buckaroo is such a celebrity that somebody keeps tagging it Buckaroo Banzai. And they, keep and they just keep off. having to sandblast it off right. and rewrite it. That's cool. But like, if you really look at it, you can see where they rewrote yeah. it three or four times, and it's—I gr- don't know why. I love that I just like this that. tiny cool. little touch. And uh, as far as tiny little touches go, um, the exclamation point at the end—that is his eyes. The eyes as the eyes. Yes. They flip the eye upside down. It's so good. It it's is those so little it's things. Cool little yeah. But then they 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 announce there during the final final like yeah. credit scene let it rip then Buckaroo Banzai versus the World Crime League yeah. the sequel that was never made what happened to the World Crime League we're still waiting Peter Weller's not dead yet he's he could dead. still make this movie 
Is that Ellen it? Ellen Barkin. Ellen Barkin. Yeah, she's still around. around. They're all still around. A lot of these guys are around. We could, they Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum so is still kicking. So who do we, uh, here, call to action. Before we lose them all to fentanyl, they need to make this <laughs> Call to action. Let's get a petition together. Send it to... Peter Robert. So, spoiler alert. Amazon purchased the rights to the Buckaroo Bonsai franchise in 2016 in oh, hopes shit. of making a series. What? Like a TV show? Like a t- like a series. Okay. okay. Well, I think it was meant to be a series, like it was, a serial and, movie. Like and in like 2004 like, or something, they apparently were like, somebody was trying to do a series, and they shot a pilot that was never aired that nobody has ever had access to, apparently. Ah. Um, but like, there was supposed to be a series. Like, it's it tried to happen a couple of times. I'm thinking at this point... How good would this be as like an animated series in the style of like Rick and Morty or like Bojack Horseman? You can do Horseman anything and, you want. An adult, an adult mm-hmm. cartoon, mm-hmm. but like you yeah. do animated, you right. can get all these guys as the voice they actors. Voice you don't have them. to worry they about to how they. You don't have to worry about cheesy eighties graph. You know. Yeah, you don't have to worry about your special, special effects or anything. You just do it animated. How good would this be? Yeah. However, let's say we work for Amazon. Yeah. We're casting. Let's do this. Reboot. Well, Let's apparently, if you work for Amazon now, you, you stand on a robot in a cage that moves you around to do oh, Jeff yeah. Bezos' bidding. So, now that's not a joke. That's literal. Robots, cages, bidding. You know, like, it's not such a good kit deal to work for, for Amazon. I'm sorry. All right. Bezos is sort of like an evil. Okay. Let's recast it with current. Ben, actors. get in your Amazon cage. <laughs> Let's recast it with current actors. Let's say Peter Will- Weller isn't interested, or uh, yeah. who do we cast as Buckaroo Bonsai? Oh, that's interesting. Chris Pratt. Oh, well, Chris I'm Pratt. feeling one of the Hemsworth bros. He's got to be half Japanese. You have to remember that yes. he's half it Japanese, half American. Might might I make a suggestion? Keanu Reeves. Keanu. I mean, he is perfect, right? That's a pretty good one. Yeah, he can pull off half Japanese. Indefinite age, indefinite ethnicity. Right. In neurosurgeon, musician, he, uh, what's his name? He, dog, dog star. Dog star. He's a bass dog player. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bass player. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. See? I mean. So he's already like rock star, movie star, like, you know, ageless, immortal. Yeah. Like, you know. It makes perfect sense. He's got a lot going for him already. How about uh, Dr. Lazardo? Actually, I guess he wouldn't be in the sequel, would he? I was thinking... No, no we... Yeah, Lazardo's dead. Lazardo's yeah. been killed in his explosion, so... Uh, how about, uh, what, what's the World Crime League? Is that, like, Hanoi Xiao or something like that was the name of the... Oh, I don't remember. Did they throw a name shot for those people? Hold on. Uh, fun facts. Uh, hold on. Steve's got it. Here. Fun facts. Super it's fun like, facts. Fuck yeah. Fun facts. Yeah. Wayne's World. Yeah, that's exactly. yeah, pretty much what I saw. I our fun facts in America. America. So our, our, our fun facts theme goes, it's fun facts, super fun facts, because they're fun, fun facts. And I totally just like ripped it off on stuff, because I'm a songbird. It's perfect. Crime <laughs> League is Hanoi Shan. Hanoi Shan. So oh. what about, uh, you know who I'm thinking of is uh, uh, the actor who played Hellboy. Oh, Ron, Ron Perlman? Oh, like see, because I'm, like, I'm thinking of from Pacific Rim, right? Yeah. Pacific Rim, yeah, yeah, he played yeah. that kind of, that kind yes. of like, crime lord, like, weird Asian name, but he's a white guy, like, you know, like, 
Yeah. See, I went the other way. I went James Hong, the guy who played Lopan. Okay. He's still around. He was in R.I.P.D. <laughs> Why not Jackie Chan? Jackie Chan <gasps> oh, he hasn't played. Has he played like a good, a real villain? He's not a good guy in. Uh, yeah, yeah, the foreigner. The foreigner. Yeah. He's not a good guy in the foreigner, but he's not a bad guy either. He's just trying to avenge his daughter. By the way, if you guys have not seen The Foreigner, go watch The Foreigner. Jackie Chan versus Pierce Brosnan. (laughs) It is dark. We mentioned uh, Jeffrey Donovan is a perfect topic. Yeah. Uh, What about uh, Penny Pretty? Ooh, who plays a current Penny Pretty? Ooh, are we doing it in the future? Like, I think we can still get Ellen Barkin in on that. Otherwise, we'll play uh, opposite of Keanu. She's playing opposite Keanu. Julie Sterling would be nice. Jennifer Lawrence would be nice. Emma Stone? Emma Stone. Scarjo. I, I feel like it's the same for Scarjo. 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 I think Scarjo Hansen is a little iconic for that. Yeah. She stands out too much. She needs She needs a lead. She needs to be not like a... She needs to be the, the focus. Oh, well, all right, so since you, like, you brought up Jennifer Lawrence, let's go, like, Hunger Lindsay Games. Wagner. Go, Wagner. Or the, the girl who played, uh, the girl who played Primrose, her little sister. She's hot now. I was thinking She's of uh, the, She's the girl who plays, from, from, also from, from that series who's in Game of Thrones, who oh, plays Lady Marjorie. Yeah, Lady Dorer. Oh, Marjorie. yeah. There we go. Yeah. Somebody who's familiar, but won't over like yeah. won't outshine Keanu right. <laughs> yeah he's gotta be the one everybody we need to preserve with. Keanu he has yeah. to be the dog star yeah well like, that's just <laughs> that's just it is that like he's Buckaroo Banzai like everybody in the world is in love with him man woman child all of them yeah they want to be a Buckaroo Banzai by the way would you like Keanu yeah. Reeves do neurosurgery on you Absolutely. <laughs> I absolutely would. Only if I could be awake for a whole I lean forward and consider it. <laughs> I, I've, seen, I've seen those John Wick uh, training, mon- uh, training videos or whatever. You know what? He's got the right instruments. In Buckaroo Bonsai, they didn't even even have the right instruments. You know what, so. Yeah, Steve pointed out, like, we watched his, like, training videos. He became, like, a full-on assassin just to, like... Do, do John Wick so he can know how to shoot every yeah. gun in that it's accurately? Crazy. He might actually go to medical school to do a of bonsai. So he's ready to roll and became a neurosurgeon. Yeah, his tenure to do tenure videos are pretty crazy. Oh yeah. my god! You know, I have a whole different level of respect for him as an actor after yeah. watching him just. And he did like in Matrix, like he did a lot of the martial arts training stuff too. Yeah. Like he stuck with uh, a lot of it. Like, oh yeah. He's like a brown belt or something yeah. insane, like really high. Which is like, right, so oh, but you're still a black belt. That. You that's yeah, because right. you haven't done that. And he also levels. like gives away most of his money and lives in a really small house and like doesn't drive a car and stuff. Like he's yeah. kind of like a really we okay, you guys. On the podcast. He's basically the perfect being. Yeah, yeah. no, we have a need for like earthly things. Right. Okay. Right. Right, we're gonna take a commercial break. When we come back, we have fun facts. Fun we're facts. Here. Fun facts. And Woo! what we learned from Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> Hi, this is Dana Gould, and you're listening to Everything I Learned from Movies on your radio, phone, computer, television, or record player. Hi, guys. We interrupt your favorite podcast to interrupt you with an ad for your new favorite podcast. Wait, wait. Isn't this playing on somebody else's show? Exactly. So then how are we... I thought we were their new favorite podcast. Well, we're going to become their new favorite podcast after they hear this advertisement for our show. What's our show called, Justine? Superiority Complex. Yeah. Where can they find us? Patrick. Uh, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, exactly. You can go to at Soup Complex 
on Twitter, S-O-U-P Complex. And you can go to Facebook.com slash Soup Complex. But our main page is on Podbean. And you can find us there at www.superioritycomplex.podbean.com. New episodes are out every Thursday. Justine, what do we talk about on the Superiority Complex? Nerdy stuff. Perfect. Don't get all sensual with your voice. Yeah, did you hear that? I heard it. It's a little inappropriate. If you want to hear a little more of that, tune in to the Superiority Complex. One more time, Justine, what do we talk about? Nerdy stuff. Nah, wasn't the same. You tried. We're happy to have you with us this evening and want you to enjoy every minute of your stay here. Listen to me. Please listen. If you don't, if you won't, if you fail to understand, then the same incredible terror that's menacing me will strike at you! Are you ready to enter the sci-fi double feature drive-in? Every month we hold a special double feature with a very interesting theme thought up by your host, the conspiracy-loving Elisa, and yours truly, Jarrett the Kaiju Man Wegelin. We discuss giant monsters, little monsters, genetic abominations, robots gone awry, aliens coming to Earth, cryptids, and anything in between. So join us at the sci-fi double feature drive-in podcast every first and third Thursday of the month. And don't forget to stop by our snack bar first and we're back oh my god steve those are the greatest ads that ever added in the history of adding yeah. <laughs> uh i'm a little thirsty oh wait i've got Medello right next Woo! to me we drank some Medello. we also I'm... drank some sake more sake Woo! sake <laughs> shots sake shots they taste like Medello and sake you know what? I'm not gonna lie. That's not a terrible combination. Bonsai. Who knew, who knew that Mexico and Japan got along so well? Take your cerveza up a notch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Who's ready for some fun facts? Fun facts. Super fun facts. Cause fun, fun facts. There we go. When it came time to film the end title sequence, uh, where Buckaroo Bonsai and his pals are walking around on dry Los Angeles aqueduct and step to the music. Uh, the music wasn't ready quite yet, so composer Michael Boddicker told the film crew to use the song Uptown Girl by Billy Joel <laughs> because it had the exact same tempo. Uptown Girl. So they're all the marching hippie. to Uptown Girl. That's yeah. the hippie Bill Joel song. Only Billy Joel 80s song. Billy Joel. <laughs> oh, that's Only so 80s good. Billy Joel. I'm not going to lie, that makes the scene even better. That was already a great scene. That scene's even better I mean, now. Yeah, you guys have seen Step Brothers, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. Alright, what's the next one, Pat? So, Buckaroo Banzai's parents were cast in this film <gasps> in a deleted scene. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, his American mother was played by Lee Jamie Lee Curtis. <gasps> what? Yes, and his father, um, I've been trying to find the actor's name, but uh, it wasn't like George Takei, but it was like a very well respected like Japanese. Uh, well, let, let's say Mako. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably someone from like Godzilla movies. Mr. Miyazaki. Yeah. <laughs> Pat Morita, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis was his mom. Nice. Which makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, that's good. That yeah. would be great casting. I'd buy that. For such a tiny little role. I mean, the, you know, yeah. his parents died you know, when he was young. So. Yes, and in the original script, Buckaroo Banzai was supposed to have an arch, ne- oh, God. arch enemy named Hanoi Shan, uh, mm-hmm. who was never seen but referred to by Buckaroo and the other characters. 
All scenes containing dialogue relate, uh, regarding Sean were deleted from the film's theatrical release, but are now available on the DVD. What? Sean was supposed to be the mysterious head of the crime syndicate called the World Crime League. World Crime League. What? And also the man who murdered Buckaroo's parents <gasps> and wife Peggy. Okay. Murdered wife Peggy. Peggy yeah, he is not, he's not simply divorced. His wife has been murdered. You know what, though? Yes. I still like the idea that she's out there just going like, fuck you, Bonsai. And the Crime League. That's the, that was the name of the... The Crime League murdered his wife and his parents. So Wait, wait. Pe- Maybe. Pe- Pe- Peggy Pretty, Peggy, his ex-wife, was murdered by Hannah and Shane. And so, yeah. Okay, so wait, wait. I got, I got an idea for the sequel. So he thinks his wife has been killed. But turns out she actually just left him, and the crime syndicate burned the like dear John note, basically that she left. Ah. So he thinks she's been murdered. She thinks she just left him. He goes on to marry her twin sister that she doesn't know about, Peggy Pretty. Ah. In the sequel, she shows back up because she realizes that she does still have feelings for him. But she finds out that he married her sister she doesn't know about, so she has to go join the World Crime League to get her revenge. Oh, so she's my God. So she is Hanoi Shaw. She is Hanoi Shaw. Yes, Hanoi Shaw. she is the head of the World Crime League. And then we can have a battle between uh, between Peggy so and Pretty. The twin sisters over Whole the circle. love Hanoi of Shane the man. Is Holy shit. I got it. I got it. Played. By the Olsen twins. Yes! Oh, twins! Yeah. twins. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we just made you a sequel. Yeah, all you gotta do is film it. Like, really. Hello, Hollywood! <laughs> Hello, Hollywood. I got a deal for you. What do you mean they retired from acting? They retired from acting. They want to make some money. Yeah. I'm sure they want to make some money, and this would make money. Oh, right. so good. So, the original director of photography for the movie mm-hmm. was Jordan Cronin with. Who's he? Who's he, Steve? He famously shot Blade Runner. What? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, film, yeah. Right? The filmmakers specifically wanted their film to be rich and colored. Are you done? <laughs> no. All right. Hold on. No. All right. The filmmakers specifically wanted their film to be rich in color and texture, from which Cronenworth was especially known. Uh, however, several weeks into filming, producer David Begelman... Begelman? That's kind of <laughs> Sounds uh, racist, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> what? Had him replaced with Fred Conecamp uh, against the wishes of the crew, including the director, W.D. Richter, uh, in order to give the film its campy, flat visual appearance where the filmmakers never originally intended. Yeah. Okay, so this was supposed to be shot in the style of Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That would have been too deep, though. You know, sorry, the campiness sorry. was actually... The campiness works out. The campiness yeah, works, yeah. I feel like. It was uh, the appropriate But there is a little bit of a mix, because some of those scenes when the mothership is taking off and the, the thermopod is, 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 is going after it are reminiscent of some of the scenes in in, um, mm-hmm. in Blade Runner when they've got, like, Absolutely. aerial shots and stuff. Yeah. We just watched the director's cut where well, there's Well, what this... year was Blade Runner? 82? Okay. Right, yeah, so we watched. Uh, we recently out. watched like a director's cut of Blade Runner, and they had all this additional footage of of, of flight and like the, the the flying cars flying around LA and stuff. Yeah. And they are a little bit reminiscent of some of the um, 
the shots of, of, of flight of the, the, the ships flying around in, in the one that we have Steve the one that you've yeah, seen yeah, yeah, is yeah. the director's cut as well okay yeah so Michael Madsen uh, was what? originally offered the part of Perfect Tommy oh! but turned it down due to scheduling conflicts with the natural but would we have to have bleached Michael Madsen's hair blonde? Absolutely, purposefully is blonde. I know. Okay, Michael Madsen as a blonde, yes or no? You know yeah. what? For this movie, yes. For this movie, okay. Perfect Tommy has to have the bleached blonde hair because the whole thing about Perfect Tommy is that he tries a little bit too hard. Exactly. Exactly. Like that wow, kind of like, Michael Madsen. Yeah, that would have been. A little bit different movie. Uh, also, Go on, Steve. for the casting of Buckaroo Banzai, uh, two other actors were were uh, considered before Peter Weller. Uh, perhaps you've heard of them. Tom Hanks Ooh. and Michael Keaton. Wow. I don't think either of them can play half no. Japanese, is the problem. <laughs> and well, Weller is just weird looking, so he works It's out. true, he's got that. Oh, oh, he's got a weird face. No, uh, he's got those no. distinct with like the chiseled jawline and chin and stuff. That's why he's such a good Robocop, too. Yeah. Because right. all you see is his face. Yeah. Because the rest yeah. of him is under his middle. So. He feels like he does... Although he... he, he I don't know. He, he does sure have he kind of like him. an ethnically ambiguous face. Like, you question what he's made of when it's like... If it's like, oh yeah, no, he's half American and half Japanese. Well, what's American? Mm. What's American? What counts? Right. So ladies and gentlemen, what did we learn from the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension? Kristen, what did you learn from this movie? Okay, so what I learned was you can be it all. You know, everything that you want to be, you can do. You know, you want to be a neurosurgeon and be a rock star at night and play that little horn. That tiny you know, horn! That he played. Don't forget Marshall And, artist. absolutely, you right. can study right. for all that, too. Oh, and you know, really, like, the greatest like, lover in the world. Everybody has 24 hours in the day that they can pursue their dreams with. That's what I learned. I like it. Izzy. Ooh. I learned from this movie that uh, not just pastries come in little pink boxes. <laughs> yes. What did you learn from this movie? I learned that when exiting a uh, air and thermopod, be careful of the spiral doorway so you don't fall off and whack your head on a rock and die. <laughs> <laughs> That's really practical. Steve, what did you learn from this movie? Um, I learned that home is where you wear your hat. <laughs> um, and as Ben mentioned earlier, uh, no matter where you go, there you are. You are. There you are. <laughs> oh, this movie is so great. Right. Uh, ben and Kristen, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank uh, you so where much. Where can you find your podcast? Oh, you guys don't have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Lone Sister yeah. has done some some brewery reviews. You could find at um, where is it? LoneSisterOne.com. We'll update you later. I haven't been updating it. Well, but I'll just put it to you guys like this: Whenever you want me to show up and drink with you, there I am. Mark's is alcohol involved. If you find yourself in the uh, the the San Francisco Bay Area, you may be drinking a beer that the Lone Cicerone 
either has tasted or the great Ben has brewed. <laughs> You're just going to have to take your chances. <laughs> Steve, where can I find you? Oh, well, you can find us at eilfm.podbean.com. That's, That's everything I learned from movies.podbean.com. We're also on the Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Stitcher, all those podcatchers. Uh, we're probably on YouTube. Who knows? Definitely we are on not on YouTube. We're not on YouTube yet. Yeah, um, you Nobody needs on... to see all of this, Steve. <laughs> yeah, we don't need this being filmed. This doesn't need to be a video podcast. <laughs> we have our pants off. This is not okay. Well, we'll see. If you go to patreon.com slash movies, you may uh, help us reach our goal to get uh, video episodes. Spoiler you know alert, it's you a lot of money. But, you don't but, have to. It's a lot of money, but very, very little in the way of pants. <laughs> you it's, know, it's mostly shot from the belly button up. They don't have to wear pants to be able to donate to our Patreon page. Pantsless donations accepted. Woo! <laughs> you can also find all of my art for sale at untidyvenus.etsy.com. That is a goddess who's very bad at housekeeping.etsy.com. <laughs> So until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Izzy. Kristen Matt. And Ben. And this is this Everything You Learn From Movies. Good night, everybody. Have a good night. <laughs> Where's that pie, Ben? <laughs> 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 <laughs>